country that I love Don't face me in Let me be by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever, but I ask you please Don't face me in Don't face me in Just turn me loose Let me straddle my own saddle Underneath the western skies On my guys Let me wander over yonder Till I see the mountains rise I want to ride to the ridge Where the west commences Gaze at the moon until I lose my senses I can't look at hobbles And I can't stand fences Don't face me in Don't face me in What's up, everybody? Good morning, y'all. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Good morning, this morning. Happy Tuesday to all of you. And to you and you and you and you and you. And to you. And also to you and you. Oh, I thought I had this part here. Thank you. What's everybody up to this morning? Good morning this morning. Uh, oh, got lots to talk about this morning. Jesse Palatano's going to be in just a little bit. I don't know if you guys were able to see any numbers from the latest in the U.S. Senate race. By the way, I'm going to I'm going to get. Jason Smith on with me in just a little bit, probably, uh, I don't know, probably down close to, uh, down close to tomorrow, because uh, Thursday is when President Trump is going to be in town, and he's going to be, well, in town figuratively, he's going to be at the beautiful town of Cape Girardeau, which is uh, right down there in Trump country. I don't know whether you guys realize this or not, but uh, but he is uh, very popular in that neck of the woods. I'm talking about just uh, south. You go down to uh, Cape Girardeau, that whole area down there. You go through uh, Arnold. You go through Iron. You go through Festus. You go through all those areas. That is Trump country, people. And uh, he's going to be in town on uh, Thursday stumping for Josh Hawley. And so hope you guys uh, – 
I, I don't know whether some of you are going down there. I don't know exactly what the situation is with me in terms of being down there, but I'm efforting to, to kind of get a place down there. But Jason Smith is going to be joining us at some point, either uh, tomorrow or maybe even later on today. We're going to see how that whole thing goes. But that's Thursday when President Trump is in town and in the uh, beautiful town of Cape Girardeau, also the home of uh, none other than Rush Limbaugh. So that's uh, kind of cool there, too. But anyway, that's that's definitely Trump country. I think Jason Smith was telling me that uh, the folks there in in that area, I think, voted for him like overwhelmingly. You talk about big, gigantic Trump numbers. Uh, that place definitely had him uh, there in uh, south in that area there. So good morning this morning, everybody. And welcome to the show. And with that said, and with the Senate race obviously looming and booming, I will let me check something here real quick. Can you can you see the phone number down there? Discovery Design Studios. Discovery Design. I'm sorry. This is the Discovery Design Studios, but DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Yeah, I'm just going to have you. I'm just going to have you uh, basically tilt that camera down a little bit so we can see. Uh, the sign and everything else, because always got to make sure we see that discovery design number. We got Zach filling in for uh, Matt, who is on vacation. Oh, that that good man. You see it now? Okay, cool, P- perfect, perfect. Just got to make you know, little details right there. So thank you, Zach. I appreciate that very much. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday, and the good numbers are coming in for Josh Hawley. So Claire McCaskill right now, and this is making national news, people. Claire McCaskill is polling as the most unpopular senator up for re-election for four consecutive months now. For the fourth consecutive month, she's ranking the most unpopular U.S. senator up for re-election, which I'm telling you, that's hugely bad news for her, not that you all really worry too much about it. 46% of Missourians disapprove of McCaskill, while only 38% of Missouri citizens approve of her. So that's the morning consult poll. And the morning consult, you know, it, it's fairly reliable. So uh, among the senators up for re-election, McCaskill has ranked the least popular for the fourth month in the row. 53% of Missourians believe it is time for a new Missouri senator compared to just 31% who believe she deserves re-election. So that's uh, not good. NBC numbers, this is a Marist NBC poll released last week, shows the race between Claire and Josh Hawley is now tied there in the Senate race. Now, this is for a longtime Democrat incumbent. All right, this is this is not supposed to be the kind of numbers a longtime Democrat incumbent would be getting. But, of course, you're talking about a state that generally is, uh, you know, 20 percent in favor of President Trump in the 2016 election. And so uh, she had a lot of work to do to try to aggrandize herself with Missourians and hasn't been able to do that. Both contenders receiving 47 percent of the vote. And uh, this is great news for the Hawley campaign. And with President Trump coming in to kind of solidify that whole deal, uh, boy, it's really something. Uh, And President Trump has the power of the sway. And he's coming to pretty friendly country down there. So I'm not quite sure that it's really going to be that big of a deal. 
Uh, but nonetheless, really great news for Josh Hawley and great news for those of you who want to see Claire go away, which is uh, quite likely going to happen. Now, there's another Senate race that we're looking at that is interesting, and I'm not quite sure that the predictions on this one are right, but they're saying that Ted Cruz could be uh, could could possibly be losing his election there in Texas to this uh Keto guy or whatever the hell his name is. I, I, can't, I can't remember what... Uh, hold on a second here. i got to get my... Uh, my uh, there we go. Hold on a second here. This is my... Uh, how can you tell? Father, got to make sure like everybody's on me now. Got to make sure it's just a little... Just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. There we go. Uh, here we go. It's live radio. You know what I'm saying? That's how we do this here. That's how it works, people. Live radio. Hang on. That's how it works. Good morning this morning. Now we're back. All right. Did you see the latest Amorosa tape, by the way? This is the biggest bunch of crap I've seen in a long time. First of all, the headline is Trump makes light of terrorists who killed U.S. soldiers in Omarosa tape. Now, I don't know whether you've heard this and how this thing is going, but the reality is this is a crock of crap. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually let you listen to the actual Omarosa interview that she did, and I'm going to let you listen to the tape. And the CNN person is doing a, you know, and Mama Kay, I believe the Cruz news is is a lie too. I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. But for whatever reason, there are people who think that Senator Cruz is going to lose that race, and I just don't. I don't, I don't see it happening either. And so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. President Trump actually is uh, doing events for him and everything else. So I don't see that as being a, a real. Uh, a real factor here. I, I just, I, but who knows? I mean, I guess stranger things have happened, but this guy's apparently that he's running against is, 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 is an idiot. I mean, and, and it's Texas people. I mean, I don't understand what people are thinking regarding president Trump and, and supposed unhappiness with him or whatever else. This is, uh, this is just absolute baloney. In fact, we have even more numbers coming in regarding the economy, but I will, uh, I will get, to that in in just a little bit. I mean, the jobs boom is just amazing, especially in the blue collar factor and in the in the blue collar workforce in the manufacturing segment. It's just uh, been amazing, Re- regardless of what you're hearing from Obama and all this other stuff. These people are all just playing shell games with the numbers here. But this uh, Trump making light of terrorists who killed U.S. soldiers in Niger. Uh, this is an Omarosa tape, and this is so much bullcrap and so much ado about nothing. All you have to do is actually listen to the tape, and you'll see. And 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 that's the thing they don't they rely on you probably not doing is you see a headline, you see something that says Trump makes light of terrorists who killed U.S. soldiers, and then suddenly it's like, oh, okay, sure he did, and then. You know, people who hate him believe it, and people who don't, don't believe it. But you have to really listen to the tape and listen to the BS that she's slinging here because it's not there. So CNN is doing this whole story. I'm going to let you hear the entirety of it. 
and, and they're doing this whole story, and it's and the tape is just a bunch of crap. I mean, it's 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 him talking about uh, terrorism and the fight against terrorism. And they also there's not one time where he makes light, except when there are students in the room, or apparently these are like low staffers or something something of the sort, interns, whatever who are laughing at his statement about terrorism, but he's not making light of what happened to those troops there. And keep in mind, what happened in Niger was a terrible event, but it was an event that was steeped in huge mistakes that the military leadership were making down in that area where this ambush happened, as you recall, and those four soldiers were killed. And this was a huge debacle when it came to strategy. And they weren't; they were totally underestimating the presence of terrorists in this area there. And so that's how that's how this whole thing happened. Anyway, I want you to hear how this thing goes down here. Now to an NBC News exclusive, a new tape from Omarosa Manigault Newman, the former White House aide who wrote that tell-all about the Trump White House. Omarosa was on the show just a few moments ago. Uh, she says that this new tape is of a conversation between President Trump and his communications team from October 2017. We should note that at the end of the recording, you are going to hear a conversation cut off, uh, a brief discussion of Hillary Clinton. That part was included in a tape that was, that was released earlier today. Um, what are we going to hear? And that part, again, meant nothing. There was no conclusion to it or anything. It was, again, nothing. And Amoroso, by the way, still hasn't delivered on her N-word tape. Just uh, still looking for that. This particular section. This, this recording is kind of... By the way, this woman, she seems like she's got mental problems. Uh, she's recording things all over the place while she's there. And it just just the very idea that President Trump had this witch in the White House is really shocking to me. And it just goes to show you, I don't think President Trump is stupid here. I just think that sometimes he got people in his midst who he trusted. And I believe as much as he's being called sometimes a guy who is an isolation guy who only makes decisions on his own, I think he actually includes more people than he needs to sometimes in his inner circle. And this is a perfect example of that. Because it's right after the attacks in Niger. And you'll hear Donald Trump kind of rambling on about the attacks there, giving misinformation to the comms team and uh, kind of mocking the uh, death of these soldiers. And, of course, that didn't happen. You're going to hear the tape. And if you hear him mocking the deaths of the soldiers in this tape, I'll give you $1,000. Or Zach will. Uh, uh, you know, not me. But, uh, actually, uh, let me just pick a name out of here. Uh, Mama K will give you $1,000 if you find any. No, I'm just kidding. There's nothing in here, people. It's painful to hear him because, as you know, he will go on to attack the widow of Sergeant LaDavid Johnson just a couple of weeks after this. Yeah, he, he actually didn't attack the widow at all. It was a woman uh, who was, in my opinion, making a political beef out of this deal. And, and President Trump had no responsibility at all for what happened in Niger. No responsibility at all. Room here, um, comms team or national security folks all in the comms room? Team. These are all comms team. Did everyone in the room have uh, clearance? No, these are junior staffers. That we're, we're, they're setting up a tape that has nothing in it. You're going to listen to the tape and decide for yourself, and all right? on to very junior staffers. And he just rolled, just, just kind of bogarted into the room and... Comes and, in, and then after he finishes, he makes us all go into the Oval Office to keep an audience for him to ramble on some more. Can you believe this woman? 
and she's recording him this whole time, and he has no idea. All right, let's, we'll play the tape, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. We yes. also have our Pentagon correspondent standing by as well. Here's the tape. For all this, for this much ado about nothing? We had 3.2 last quarter for this, so it's really, it's really doing good. And we have a lot of things happening on the economic front. Um, I think the, uh, the military is doing good. We're, you know, and now, modernized year. So what happens is we have decimated everybody, you know, it's a rough business. They're rough, too. They want to kill us. Um, we've let the military do what they have to do. And what you call rules of engagement or any way you want to say it, but we've let them do. And in the Middle East, there's very few left. Uh, we've really, uh, we've done a very good job. We've done more in seven months, because really it's seven months that we started. We've done more in seven months than they've done in uh, eight years. So we're they good there. But what happens is now they flee. And they flee to Africa. And they flee to Niger and countries around there. And that's how these young people get attacked. And they got attacked by 50 real fighters. But these were people, in many cases, that were in the Middle East that now go to Africa to try and, you know, cause problems there. And ultimately, they want to come back here this is where they really want to be. Uh, so it's a rough uh, business. I, would, I don't think I'd want to be a terrorist, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good life, but it's, you know, the only thing that What else is there? But, um, but that is, you know, people don't say that. The reason they're there is because we forced them out. And it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not nearly as many. It's not nearly as intense. But it's pretty intense, and you see that happening. So that's that. Uh, I think Hillary's getting killed now with Russia. The real Russia story is Hillary and collusion. Uh, somebody told me. All right, so you heard nothing in that tape, right? You heard the laughing. Actually, you heard Amorosa laughing too, didn't you? Didn't you hear Amorosa laughing there as well? Because she's holding the tape recorder or whatever it is she's recording with, her iPhone or whatever. She's laughing too, which, of course, uh, Obviously, she's probably doing that just to fake or do whatever, but or she's really actually laughing, just like everybody else. Because basically, President Trump is saying, "If I were a terror, I wouldn't want to be a terrorist right now." And they're like, huh, "Yeah, I wouldn't either." It's like, "Yeah, you wouldn't." I mean, that's the bottom line, and that's not laughing at any. He didn't even mention, except in passing, the attacks that had been made. He wasn't laughing or deriding or making light of the terrorists who killed U.S. soldiers. I mean, he wasn't making light. There's nothing in there. But here they go. The laughter that we heard there, Amoroso, they, they were laughing. Yeah, you mean Amoroso, your laughter? Yeah. What part there? They were laughing because he's, like, um, making light of the situation. And he's saying, well, I wouldn't want to be terrorists. And then you hear the laughter and laughter, and he continues on. Yeah. Talk- so, so what's up here, girl? So, so what's the deal? What's your beef here? I don't, I don't get what her, her problem is. And yet, this is, by the way, six minutes of a discussion about President Trump making light of terrorists who killed these U.S. soldiers, and there's not one shred of evidence 
he was making light of the terrorists who killed U.S. soldiers. But there's six minutes and 47 seconds of I don't want to be in that business, and you see the transcript, but it's not a laughing matter. We lost four American soldiers and four of our allies, the Nigerian troops. So then, so then why were you laughing, Omarosa? Because President Trump made a statement that I wouldn't want to be a terrorist right now in this day and age. And believe me, the way they have decimated ISIS over there, we talked to Jimmy Carafano about it yesterday, the way they have taken these guys out, the way we just liquefy these guys from the sky with drones and everything else is unbelievable. And so, of course, you wouldn't want to be. I don't understand this whole thing One here. It's, and they were ambushed by 100 ISIS fighters. Right, we get it. It's unfortunate because he would go on to attack the widow. Okay, well, and, and that's another controversy from before and believe me uh we had our opinions about whether or not this was true or not true regarding uh what the widow said what president trump said i'm not even getting into that but this is nothing there's nothing on tape here that indicates the president was making light of these terrorists who killed the troops in niger at all not a shred and except for the laughing that went on when he talked about how he wouldn't, we wouldn't want to be a terrorist right now in this day and age, which is perfectly fitting and true, uh, is uh, and, and Omarosa even believed it since she was cackling with the rest of the people. Uh, this is much ado about nothing. But this is the kind of news reporting we're getting uh, from CNN and from the others who are giving this weirdo. I mean, and, and she's she's got some mental disorders going on here because every time you turn around there she is being interviewed and there's there's nothing there there's nothing there where is the n-word tape amorosa where is that 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 they spent weeks on and they had nine member panels talking about it's not there people but nonetheless six minutes and 47 seconds of it i'm not even gonna get then they go to a pentagon correspondent over the whole thing and, and the, again, over a tape where there's nothing on there. They might as well have just put a tape of President Trump talking about the economy on there and, and saying that he was making light of the terrorists. Speaking of the economy, by the way, this is, this is what's driving uh, people crazy. Under President Trump, this is a jobs boom that we haven't seen since 1984. And by the way... You know what happened in 1984, right? Yeah, in 1984, President Ronald Reagan beat Walter Mondale in a landslide in the second term of his presidency in 1984. Just wanting to remind you of that of that date. And I'll remind you of the date today, too, which, of course, is September 11th. And this is the anniversary, the commemoration of the attacks on America on that beautiful, sunny Tuesday. Uh, much like a day like today in New York, it's pouring down rain, but you know what I'm talking about. It was uh, a horrible day. We all woke up in the morning thinking it was just another beautiful September day, and it turned into be the most disastrous day that uh, America has ever seen on its soil. And we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But anyway, back to 1984. Jobs in goods-producing industries, mining, construction, manufacturing, growing 3.3% in the year preceding July, the best rate 
since 1984. And who is this? This is the some right-wing news organization telling you all about this. New, 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 new. It's the Washington Post. Now you know why CNN spends six minutes and 47 seconds on a fake, blown-up, baloney Amorosa tape because of information like this, which is driving everybody nuts. Blue-collar jobs, long a small and shrinking part of the U.S. economy, are now growing at a faster clip than those in the nation's much larger service economy. Many factors collided to produce the blue-collar boom. Some are linked to short-term boom and bus cycles, but others may endure. The rapid hiring in blue-collar sectors is delivering benefits to areas that turned out heavily for Trump in the 2016 election, which is why I mentioned Cape Girardeau earlier, uh, the lead belt and areas like that, more of the blue-collar areas of this state. That's where they love Trump. They love Trump for a reason back in 2016 because Trump was talking to them. Trump was talking about their lives. Trump was talking about uh, making their lives better. Trump was in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Trump was in uh, areas of Michigan where Hillary Clinton wouldn't dare to go. He was, uh, in, she was in Philadelphia. He was in Allentown. That tells you everything you need to know about how one person won and the other person lost. But President Trump was talking to them. The biggest drivers of the blue-collar hiring surge are the rebound in oil prices and after rebuilding some of the things from the disasters and a rising demand generated by a growing economy. I told you yesterday about the nine hotels being built down in the city of St. Louis itself. Nine uh, that is because of an anticipated boom in convention business, everything else. But it's because it's easier to do business in this country right now, thanks to President Trump and thanks to the Trumpian economy. And keep in mind, who's going to build those hotels? Blue-collar workers are going to build those hotels. And the growing economy is helping these blue-collar workers in ways that no one has ever seen since 1984. It's a date you need to keep in mind, 1984, people. And that, again, is the uh, year that Ronald Reagan won by a landslide his second term, which is, in my opinion, exactly what President Trump is going to do in 2020. These people know that, which is why they must, in every way, shape, or form, they must, they must interview Amorosa or... Talk about the N-word or talk about Stormy Daniels or whatever it happens to be or or talk about a Washington Post editorial. By the way, Vice President Pence is offering to uh, take a lie detector test, which I think is unnecessary. I talked about how some people probably should take them, but I think it would be uh, undignified for Vice President Pence to have to take a lie detector test to prove that he didn't write this editorial. I just think that that's uh, a little too much. Got to tell you that. So we've got uh, Judge Napolitano on the way. There's new information coming out regarding the uh, the situation as it relates to these leaks and the FBI leaks, the deep state attempts to undermine the president. So that's all uh, going to be coming with Judge Napolitano in. Also, I uh, want to let you know that, man, 
you've got to see this tape. I tweeted it out yesterday, but it's quite possibly one of the most satisfying pieces of video I've seen in a long time. And that is this cheerleader just beating the crap out of this bully. And you can imagine you've seen these circumstances time and time again where the pretty teenager gets confronted by the ugly beast of another girl. Uh, This time, the pretty cheerleader just absolutely laid her out. I don't know whether you really does justice just playing the audio for you, uh, but nonetheless, I'm going to... I'm going to do that eventually because it's uh, it's cool. I, pr- I tweeted it out on both my accounts, my Jay Allman 971 account, as well as on my, uh, on my Radio Free Allman account. So check that out. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. credit card debt golden oak lending has the expertise to show you how to refinance your home and turn its increased value into cash and you pay nothing out of pocket people often tell me they didn't call sooner because they didn't think we could save them money this is james hawkins from golden oak lending with our expertise in today's increased home values we can usually save you money call 314-567-GOLD nmls 1149-37-111 westport plaza st louis missouri call 567-GOLD Day two. 
today, September 11, 2001. It was indeed a Tuesday. Morning. Sun was shining. I had just uh, the night before. I was I was actually refurbishing uh, my home there. I was actually putting in a. I was doing Venetian plaster. I don't know whether you guys have ever tried to do any of that stuff. Not really, I'm not really bad at stuff like that. I actually do a pretty good job. You know, I've, I've, I've installed, you know, toilets and kitchen sinks and plumbing and that kind of stuff and lighting. And you see the smile that's on my mouth. It's hard in the world. It's kind of one of those things where you, uh, you, you forget. So you think you've maybe you've forgotten how to do it. But no, I could, I could put it in a toilet if I had to. They don't know. Faucets, stuff like that. So we're refurbishing this house a little bit, and I was uh, I was doing uh, Venetian plaster, and Venetian plaster is one of these things that you kind of put on. It's like this, you know, it's a it's a it's a mixture. It's like a paint, but it's uh, plaster. Plaster. You put it in this. This bowl, this thing. That's Brandy Carlisle, Annette. It's a great song. Brandy Carlisle's just unbelievable. But she's a sweetheart, too. And uh, Stories are really great, great song. So you put this Venetian plaster and you take a little, uh, like a flat plastic deal in you and you put it on the wall and you kind of like spread it on the wall with your, your little thing, your palette. You're just basically plastering and you're creating like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, like a thing, you know, like a little bit of a groove in it. And there's, you know, ridges and things. It's supposed to be kind of, uh, you know, lumpy and bumpy and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then what you do when it dries a little bit, you kind of sand it a little bit. It's supposed to look really nice. I, I think I did kind of a moderately good job with it. But, uh, yeah, Art, it's almost like stucco. A little bit. It's, it's a little, it's not as um, lumpy as stucco. It's not as ridgy. It doesn't pop out of the wall as much as stucco does. But Venetian plaster is good. It's uh, good-looking stuff. Anyway, so that, that morning, that night, I had just gotten through doing a bunch of it. Uh, and and had come down, and so the the TV was kind of on the uh, kitchen table there, and maybe it was just kind of like What's that in your just like a little bit. It was just kind of a quiet morning, and it was uh, and it was a little discombobulated dining room there, and kitchen table, TV, making breakfast, getting ready to go into work, Channel Four. And uh, the Today Show was on, and it was, uh, <laughs> Julie, I can fix a flooded sink. I can do that. You, did your sink flood again? 
Julie. Julie's birthday, by the way. Well, you guys know that. It was on Sunday. I wish her a happy birthday on Friday. Hope you had a good one there, Julie. I can, I can fix a flooded sink. Hell yeah. Anyway, so the TV's on. Suddenly I see this thing where the, I see this uh, smoke uh, coming, billowing out of a, out of a place. And the Today Show broke in. And Matt Lauer took a break from molesting his coworkers there at NBC just to uh, report on what was going on. And at first they thought it was like a small plane crash. So I, th- I thought it was a small plane crash or something, and it was uh, and then they, they were just reporting on it. We, I was watching. I was like, wow, that's pretty weird. It's, it, it literally just seemed like it was a small plane that crashed into the World Trade Center. It was just not even like a big deal at all, you know. And then uh, it got suddenly it, it was not. Too much after that, 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 that another, then there was like another plane just crashed into the World Trade Center, and that was like, uh, then it was like, wow, what the hell is going on here? Let me see if I could find it. Um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Um, And and and, and, it, and it was in that morning. It was just like like nothing, but it was just kind of. I was I was I was I was shocked myself. Let me let me turn the uh, the music down here and listen to what we were listening to that morning. Meanwhile, the nerve center of the U.S. military has been deliberately and viciously attacked, leaving the nation and the rest of the world stunned today, Wednesday, September the 12th, 2001. That was the day after. From NBC News, this is Today with Katie Curry. And you can still see the smoldering city. And you can still see all of the all, all of what was happening. And it was just it was just so terrible. It was so dark. Richard Hack, thank you very much. We appreciate the book is called Hughes. We want to go live right now and show you a picture of the World Trade Center where I understand. This is 7.51 in the morning central time, uh, 8.51 up there. And Lauer, yeah, he was here in the middle of an interview and broke, broke in. No, we do not. We have a breaking story, though. We're going to come back with that in just a moment. First, this is today on NBC. Mentioned we have a breaking news story to tell you about. Apparently, a plane has just crashed into the World Trade Center here in New York City. It happened just a few moments ago, apparently. We have very little information available at this point in time. But on the phone, we do have Jennifer Oberstein, who apparently witnessed this event. Jennifer, can you hear me? Hello? Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Katie. Hi. Can you please tell me what you saw and to give me any information about what's going on there? Yes, I have to tell you. Um, it's, it's quite terrifying. I'm in shock right now. I came out of the subway at Bowling Green. I was heading to work in Battery Park at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, and I come out, and it, 
I saw a big, I heard a boom walked up and there was a big ball of fire. I'm now looking north at the World Trade Center and it is the left twin tower if I'm looking north. I'm in Battery Park right now and you can hear the fire engines and the emergency and emergency crews behind me. And it is unbelievable when the fire first burst, it was a... Hello? Go yes, ahead, go we ahead. can hear you. ...in air like I've never seen before. Um, and I, as you know, I used to work in news. I've never seen any fire like this in the air. And the pieces of the building were flying down. It looks like it's the, it's like the top, I can't even tell you, maybe 20 floors. Intense smoke. It's, it's horrible. It's, I, I, I can't even describe it. Do you have any idea what kind of plane it was? This at this point, the second plane hadn't hadn't even hit, so they're Sorry? just in the middle of all this. Do you have any idea what hit the World Trade Center? What it was? Yeah, what kind of plane? We're getting reports that an airplane hit the building. Oh, it was, I, I didn't even know that. Honestly, I was walking up and it looked up and saw a big boom and fire. You know, I got to tell you, we were all saying around here that it was very interesting that it would be a bomb and it would be so high up. So it, perhaps it perhaps it was a plane. We have no. No talk of a plane. However, I have to tell you, there is still there are still things flying in the air. I mean, it it's mind-boggling and it was it's horrifying. Jennifer, it's Matt Lauer. I, I'd like to ask you, while you were close to the building, or or have you? Since the explosion, seen anyone who's been injured being taken out of At the- this point, there's still uh, two other planes in the air, uh, and it, it is, uh, or three, I should say. And, and, of course, Flight 93, as you all know, uh, at this point is, is in the air. And then the flight that hit the Pentagon is still there uh, and, and, and still in the air. And then the second plane that hit the World Trade Centers is is still in the air. Are there ambulances dealing with people on the sidewalk around the building? No, I have not. I, I have not gotten that close. I have to tell you that my father works in the World Financial Center, and I first called over there to see because it's next door to see, you know, if, if he was okay. I couldn't get through. And I'm far away right now. I thought it might be a little dangerous to get too close. I saw lots of lots of debris coming down. And right now I'm in Battery Park. I don't know, you know, it's, it's only, it's probably a five-minute walk from here to the World Trade Center. But the smoke is incredible. I mean, I can't see the top of the tower. It's starting to cover the top of the second tower. In fact, and it was just, uh, it was just, it was a day exactly like today. I, actually, I haven't been outside yet. I mean, it's, been, it's clear day, right? Yeah, okay, cause, cause it was like, it's like it was yesterday. It's exactly. And it's a Tuesday. Looking at pictures right now, Jennifer, with a huge gaping hole on the side of the building and billowing smoke. So I'm right now. You see, yeah, I'm, I think I, I see major fire. I definitely see fire. Um, and Je- Jennifer, you said you're looking north of the building. So in other words, you're south of the building. Yeah, is that right? Be- because we're looking at a picture that is looking at the north side of the uh, building. I'm on the exact opposite side. And, and it appears that is where the largest hole is. And again, as you mentioned correctly, toward the top of the building, but on the north side. And then on the what I think is the west side of the building, we can also see some holes there that could have been from damage once the impact occurred. Again, we've been told that this is a plane. We don't have confirmation on that, but there is an enormous hole in the north side of that building. Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit more about what you heard when you heard this explosion? Describe it for us. Absolutely. When I uh, walked out of the subway, I looked at the Twin Towers because, I mean, I just always look up there. And uh, right when I looked up, there was 
a boom. It wasn't it wasn't that loud. Like it wasn't huge. However, what was unbelievable was the amount of fire. It was a big ball of fire that just went up. And and I looked I looked around at people. We were all horrified. I, I I'm stuttering because I'm I'm in such shock. I've never seen anything like it. It's just horrible. And of course, this is real cause for concern because the World Trade Center is one of the busiest office buildings here in New York. With this is seven fifty-seven our time, uh, eight fifty-seven up in New York. Hundreds, perhaps thousands of, of workers who. The state governor has his office, oh, New York right. City office there. Several and so, thousand and of workers. course, given the time that this has happened, uh, it's only probably appropriate to surmise that people might have been in the building. And, and you know, we, we've seen stories in the past where planes have hit buildings, small planes, and it would be hard to imagine that a small plane. It's interesting how Katie Couric at the time, uh, and no, no fault of her own, but they're all saying, wow. Uh, there might be people in the building. And the reality is it was, at the time, pretty much stuffed to the gills with people. Could create that kind of hole in a building like the World Trade Center and create the damage on the other side of the building from the sheer impact. Small, small planes tend to crumple and then fall down the building. Again, we haven't talked to anyone who's close to the base of the building, so we don't know what kind of debris or wreckage. Yes, go ahead, Jennifer. I'm just talking to a police officer right here, and he says, yes, he heard it was a plane. Does he have any information about what kind of plane it was, or does he? can he tell us any more details? Yes. May, I, may I? I'm going to put you on hold for one moment, okay? Just to recap, if you're just joining us, you're looking at dramatic pictures of New York's World Trade Center in lower Manhattan, where a short time ago we are told that a plane crashed into the upper floors of the westernmost tower. You can see a gaping hole that is on the north side of the building and you can see residual damage on the west side of that building and obviously fires are burning right now in the World Trade Center. Tall buildings have had a real problem here in New York. There was back in the 40s a plane hit the Empire State Building. In the 60s a helicopter crashed at the, on the top of what was the Pan Am Building, now the MetLife Building. So, uh, right now we're getting information, Al, that it was a small commuter plane, and of course we'll let people know as soon as we have more information as to what actually caused this, and of course on everybody's mind who was, yeah. might have been hurt as a result of, the, of this terrible, terrible incident. We're going to be talking to more eyewitnesses coming up in just a few minutes. We're back at 9 o'clock Eastern time on this Tuesday morning, and we're back with dramatic pictures of an accident that has happened just a short time ago. You're looking at the World Trade Center in lower Manhattan, where just a few minutes ago we're told that a plane, some reports are that it was a small commuter plane, crashed into the upper floors of one of the Twin Towers. You can see fire and flames or smoke billowing from that tower. There is a gaping hole on the north side of the building. That's the side you're seeing to the left-hand side of your screen right now. And other damage to the west side of that building, which is to the right side of your screen. This, of course, happened just before the morning commute, before people were heading into their offices. And while I'm sure some people were already at work, immediately there's speculation or cause for concern. This is the World Trade Center that was the center of a terrorist bombing right. some years ago. So the so that's their final, at that point, they're finally kind of getting around to, uh-oh, this is something pretty big. Now, keep in mind, this is 9 a.m., 
Uh, 8.51 is when the first plane hits, so it's been nine minutes with the other airplane still up in the air and 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 at that point at, at that point hijacked so uh, the people who are in the airplane at this point are heading uh to New York City and and they know some of them already know that the first plane hit the World Trade Center so some of them are on that airplane and actually know that Another plane has already hit the World Trade Center, and they know they're being hijacked. A purely an accident, or could this have been an intentional act? But either way, extensive damage has been done to this building. It also looks like there's smoke coming out of the east side of the building. That shot we just saw looks like white smoke billowing out the side of the east side of the building. Obviously, horrified commuters were were absolutely devastated when they heard this explosion. We talked with somebody a moment ago about that, Jennifer Oberstein, and also another eyewitness, Elliot Walker, who is actually a producer here on the Today Show. Elliot, can you hear me? Yes, hi, Katie. Hi, Elliot. Tell me where you are and what you saw. Well, I live in this area. I've returned to my apartment, but I was walking down the sidewalk delivering my young daughter to school, and uh, we heard a very loud um, sound, the kind of sound you hear when a plane is, is uh, you know, going fast past you, followed by an enormous crash um, and an immediate explosion. Um, I don't think we could feel shockwaves, but we, we sort of felt like we did. And we were in a position where we could see um, the Trade Center almost immediately between the other buildings. Um, and an enormous fireball that must have been 300 feet across was visible immediately. You think kids are going to learn about this today in school? You think, you think they're going to be, they're going to talk about this today in school or they're going to see any of this today? Are you going to talk to your kids today about this? You know, obviously, this was this was uh, my my children at that time were uh, eleven and nine, uh, and so uh, this was uh, this was you know they were just little little kids when this happened and terror and terrified by the way. Um, a secondary explosion, I think, and then plumes of smoke. There must be there must have been a three block cloud of of white smoke. Now from where I was on the street a moment ago, you can, in fact, see smoke leaving. At, at this point also, if you kind of do a little research, uh, and, and, and by the way, I'm going to do this again at, at, at 751. I'm going to come, come back to this and, and play this again just to commemorate that exact time has happened. But this time, and you don't see it yet because they can't, they can't tell what's happening right now from their, from their cameras. There were some chopper uh, visuals, too. But at this point, uh, oh, Bill says his kids are having a memorial. That's good. Perfect. At this point, uh, people are starting to jump out of the World Trade Center. Because it, it, this basically what's happening is if you are um, – Above or basically in that whole area there, uh, it's an, an incinerator. So if, if you weren't able to get out of there, you're basically just burning alive while you're there. And there were people jumping out of the, out of the building at this point. And there, actually, if you, if you kind of go back, I don't know whether you really want to do this or not, but, but you should remember the terror uh, of this day. It, 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 you, it, it's it's unfathomable 
Uh, and it's one of the one of the hidden, hugely hidden, horrible aspects of the attacks of nine eleven are the are the jumpers, the people who are jumping out of the building. I mean, just literally, just uh, they they have they don't have any other choice. Some of them are on the uh, on the phone, you know, uh, calling their loved ones. It's all going on right now. Those those Three people here. It seems to be coming out on at least four or five floors. Um, the air is filled with hundreds of thousands of pieces of paper that are just sort of floating like confetti. Um, the area is swarmed with emergency vehicles um, and sirens. Have you Obviously, seen- we're very sensitive to this kind of thing in this neighborhood. Elliot, have you, of course, because of the incident that occurred in the early 1990s, have you seen any any evidence, Elliot, of, of people being taken out of the building? Uh, you say that emergency vehicles are there, understandably so, but of course the major concern is human oh loss. I mean, do you know if there were many people in the building? Oh, the another time? one just hit. Something else just hit. A very large plane just oh. flew directly over my building, and there's been another collision. Can you see it? I yes. can see it on the shot. Oh my. Something else has you just... You know what? We just saw like a plane circling the building. It is in the other building. We just saw a plane circling the building a second ago on the shot right before I that. I think there may have been another impact. Can you tell? I just heard another very loud bang and a very large plane that might have been a DC-9 or a 747 just flew past my window, and I think it may have hit the Trade Center right. again. To be, to be honest, Elliot, I didn't, I didn't get the impression that it was that big a plane. It looks I, big from here. I did see a plane go by a second ago, though, and it, it, it has now impacted the building. I'm yeah. trying to see if it's the different tower. Yeah. I it think is. it it's may have been. I believe tower. the first one was World Trade Center 1, and it looks, from what I'm seeing on the television, like it may have been We're gonna the second see, building. This is hit. a piece of tape, and we may actually see another plane enter the picture here in a second. I wonder if there are air traffic control problems. Let's go back to Jennifer Oberstein, who was talking to a second ago. Jennifer, did you see this happen? Hello? Did Jennifer? you just see this happen, Jennifer? Matt, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've never seen any. It looks like a movie. I saw a large plane, like a jet, go immediately headed directly into the World Trade Center. It, it just flew into it, into the, into the other tower coming from south to north. I watched the plane fly into the World Trade Center. It was a jet. It was a very large plane. It was going south. It went past the Ritz-Carlton Hotel that's being built in Battery Park. It went flew right past it, almost hit it, and then went in. So... Man, wow. Watching that all over again is just unbelievable. And actually, I, I don't think I, I saw the shot that was the uh, the one from uh, the chopper that was the that, that was the I, mean, I just remember watching this. I mean, I, actually, half the time I was on the phone because obviously the the f- the phone was ringing off the hook in terms of what we were going to do and how we we're going to cover that because at that 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 point we didn't know what was going on but we still kind of uh, had phone calls from the uh, from Channel Four but man uh, I'll never forget the uh, what it was like that day when at, in the aftermath of these attacks uh, what it was like that day when um, when there was no, there were no planes in the sky. Uh, there were there were no uh, planes in the sky at all, and it was just so weird. To and that was pretty much all day long, and there were uh, no planes. But boy, that's hard to watch again. 
but I hope people I hope people watch it and 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 at at seven fifty um, our time uh, just as I play it again. Then I'm, I'm going to play some of the the, the phone calls because I think uh, people need to hear the uh, the phone calls too from the tower because uh, you'll uh, definitely um, want to hug your family or your loved ones or whoever is around you when you hear these phone calls of these people uh, who are calling from the, from the towers uh, as, and they, they can't, they can't get out. And so they're, they're calling, uh, you know, their loved ones. And it's just really, really hard to listen to, but it's just so necessary to, to do that. So basically between the second tower and then, and then it was then subsequently, then it was the Pentagon and then it was the uh, Flight 93. Remember taking Aiden right after the the uh, president's inauguration. Took Aiden to uh, we we I drove to D.C. and uh, and for the inauguration with the express intent of taking Aiden on the way back to the Antietam battlefield and then the Flight 93 memorial. I would encourage all of you to go see that sometime. The, it's 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 kind of a a haul off the highway there, but uh, the Flight 93 Memorial was uh, very impactful um, and 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 very uh, necessary. And and to take Aiden there was uh, definitely it was it was you know it's it's hard for for a young kid you know it's kind of like you know dad take him to a, a disaster site or whatever. But uh, I think it I think it still is a necessary thing for us to be able to. Uh, to see that. So Father Tom's going to be uh, remembering them at Mass this morning. So, uh, and you'll be preaching about it all day, huh, buddy? Good. Fantastic. I, I just, it, this is just not something you, that, that we uh, can forget. It's just not something that we can, we can forget. It's really, every, there's so many lives that changed uh, after that day. And, um, <clears throat> So many, you know, people in the military, and and this is uh, September 11th, 2001, and there are people who, like my son, who was uh, 11 at the time, uh, and uh, he would later be in Iraq at turning 20 in Iraq, because even in, in, in that time, 2000. Uh, ten, we are still fighting after all this, and we're 2018. We still are fighting all this. So lives changed. There were people who uh, were watching this who would later uh, die in our war against terror, and it just was. It just changed the entirety of our of our world. And so hopefully, uh, people will will indeed uh, never never. Never forget that, that's for sure. It's something to... Uh... Make sure you uh, pay attention to. Remember, I'm going to go back uh, to this. Uh, and, 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 and I will, I will go ahead and, and, at the time, at 7.51... Uh,
We are live here from the Discovery Design Studios and DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Don't forget, we've got our Santino Cigars and Cocktails Radio Free Almond Happy Hour that's going to be on the 27th of September and going to feature the County Brown Barbecue Guys, our trusty law enforcement dudes. $10 a plate barbecue. It's going to be great. And all the drinks you could possibly imagine, depending on what you like. Mike and Shannon have it all there at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. And the 27th, so uh, $10 plate barbecue with the County Browns, and it, and it goes to support backstoppers. So it's not only going to be a great time for all of us to get together and, and uh, hang out for the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour. Last time we had one was here at the studio here at the Gaslight Studios, and we uh, had a good time then, but this is the kind of the second go-round after about five months, six months on the air, and uh, just hanging out together and celebrating the success of Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. It wouldn't be successful, of course, without Santino Cigars and Cocktails. It wouldn't be successful without Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor, ProctorDrapery.com. Michael Proctor is a good friend of mine and now another official sponsor of Radio Free Almonds. So for all your window treatments, he's got his mobile design unit. He's got all the all the possible fabrics and things that you possibly need. Roman shades, Norman shutters, beautiful fabric. I'm going to put some pictures up of my... Uh, dining room, a project he did. I'll do that. Put that on the Facebook page for you. Oh, you guys are monitoring what's going on. Mama K5 is talking about that hurricane. Yeah, that's supposedly going to be... I don't know. They always say that. They always say these things are gigantic and then by the time they reach land, they're not. But they say Florence is a big-ass storm. And so our brothers and sisters down there in the Carolinas, we uh, pray for their safety and their well-being down there because it's going to be a, hopefully it's going to dissipate at some point. Channel 2 talking about the March to the Arch, CBS, or no, Channel 5 now talking about protests and Trump, of course, yeah. Yeah, Santino's is there on Vogel Road. Thank you, Bill and uh, Arnold. We'll, we'll have, uh, obviously, more uh, for you on that. But uh, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. He's an interior designer. He's a great guy, and he's a guy who's going to really take good care of you. I hope you can get a hold of him, proctordrapery.com, Proctor spelled like doctor, and thank him for his support of the show. He's a brand new, came back on board, said he wouldn't have it another way, and that's what we're doing right now, folks, is uh, p- piling them up. Speaking of uh, protests, I mean, come on. Have you had to put up with this uh, Maxine Waters baloney? You hear her? She's, she's, she needs to be the official poster child of the Democratic Party. You can't take the Democratic Party out of her, and you can't take her out of the Democratic Party. And this is this is this is the Democratic Party, people. This is this is Maxine Waters. This is your Democratic Party. This is what's killing 
Claire McCaskill. This is what's killing the blue wave is this crazy black woman named Maxine Waters who is out of her gourd. And I think a racist, to tell you the truth. I think, I think, it's, I think most of this has to do with the fact that Donald Trump is white. And she's just pissed off that he's rolling back all the initiatives from a first black president. I'm, I'm just that's just my hunch. Because the bitterness and the anger and the angst related to President Trump is just so unusual. It's not unlike some of the weirdos who were who didn't like Obama because he was black, you know, who got, went crazy with the first black president. But um, I think there's some I think there's something actually mentally wrong with this woman. And yet, instead of being, instead of being sent to the curb, instead of actually being uh, treated the way she ought to be treated, uh, like a nut, she's heralded like she's some kind of uh, sage in the in the Democratic Party. Uh, this this was uh, this is her talking about impeachment and everything else at one of these uh, rallies. This is over the weekend. And, 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 and this is where, you know, we hear all about how violent Trump supporters are, even though there hasn't been one ounce of proof in any way, shape, or form that Trump supporters have done anything to anybody. In fact, uh, all of the shootings and the bike block beatings and all that kind of stuff happened to be um, at the hands of Democrats. I mean, we had a-hole from Belleville shoot up the Republicans playing baseball. I remember that, right? I mean, that he was a Democrat. He was on Facebook. He hated President Trump. He, it's right there in black and white. I mean, has anybody been able to actually find one crime, one assault committed by a Trump supporter? And I'm talking about in the context of that person's Trump support. Like, there might be a Trump supporter who... Uh, has been accused of robbing a bank or a DWI or assaulting domestic abuse or something like that. But I'm talking about something actually tied to the politics, the political end of it. Uh, Has there been an example of that? I, I think what they're hanging on to is the one bit where they had a rally and there was a situation where uh, it was it was a and President Trump said I'll bail you out if you pummel the guy who's you know throwing fits in the middle of the crowd. I think that was uh, but this was a person who this was a person though who was disrupting the proceedings and, and being a, a menace to these individuals. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure that qualifies as the kind of predatory attacks that have been waged against Trump supporters by Democrats and Obama supporters and Hillary supporters and Bernie Sanders supporters. I'm not quite sure it it equals that. And when I say predatory, I mean these people who are surrounding people in in, in parking lots and in at rallies and those kinds of things and, and and at demonstrations and things like that. Or just shooting up ballparks where Republicans happen to be. So anyway, Maxine Waters decides that she's going to address this issue of her threatening Trump supporters and makes a mockery of it. And it's just like ho-hum crickets from the media. Let's go interview Amarosa with another one of her fake tapes. But let's leave Maxine Waters. It just let's pretend she doesn't even exist, shall we? 
civility when I got up and talked about uh, the president's cabinet. And I said, if you see him anywhere, <laughs> if you see him at a restaurant, if you see him in a department store, even at a gasoline station, just tell him you're not welcome here anywhere. Can you imagine what would happen if a Trump supporter, and I realize I'm speaking to the choir on this, but and, and, and it just is really infuriating, but can you imagine what would happen if a Trump supporter or someone of that nature said something like that? Yeah, go out and tell those people sitting in a restaurant or at a gasoline station that they're simply not welcome here. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if, if, if a Trump supporter or a Republican uttered even close to those kinds of words about, about hey, get out there and uh, tell those Obama supporters or tell those Hillary Clinton supporters or Bernie Sanders supporters they're not welcome here. Can you imagine the outcry? It would be, be on the cover of Time magazine for crying out loud. Wow. Frightened a lot of people. And then, and then, and the fact that people are actually cheering this, and these are Americans cheering this, is just unbelievable. Of course, the line president said that I had threatened all of his constituents. I did not <laughs> threaten his constituents, his supporters. Uh, I do that all the time, but I didn't do it that time. <laughs> Can you believe this? And yet there's not an ounce of coverage of this thing in any way, shape, or form. I, I, there's, 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 not, there's, not, there's not a sliver of coverage about this beast, this dog, threatening people and then bragging about threatening Trump supporters all the time. Can you believe this? And Maxine and all her little flying monkeys cackling about all this? It's, I, I just, I, I've never, and this is, this is a sitting U.S. Congresswoman. But I didn't do it that time. <laughs> they say, Maxine, please don't say impeachment anymore. And when they say that, I say impeachment, 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 impeachment. I had a conversation here today when someone asked, but what about Pence? If you were able to impeach, P Pence will be worse. And I said, look, one at a time. You're not going down. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not just decide you're going to plot to reverse the will of the people? But that's that's the kind of people that we're seeing who are so bitter and so butthurt about being losers from 2016 that they're perfectly okay with simply rolling back the will of the people, one at a time, one at a time. Uh, but that's how that's how these these individuals operate, and yet. Seemingly with impunity. There's, there's no mention of Maxine Waters, no coverage of her in the news. But if this were all coming out of the mouth of a Trump supporter, it would be unbelievable. That's why I have to tell you that there are some pieces of video that are very satisfying to me. And, 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 it's, and it's not... Uh, anything but satisfying because it is someone fighting back. Uh, Maxine Waters is a loud mouth bully is what she is. And she gets a, she gets a, uh, 
her jollies making these kind of veiled threats and knowing that she gets away with them and everything else. And unfortunately for a lot of her minions, uh, they're not so lucky when they get out there into the hinterlands and decide that they're going to uh, express their jealousy and envy of certain people that, they're not so lucky. That's why, that's why actually you don't see a whole lot of her minions and her flying monkeys actually confronting people at gasoline stations. Uh, well, some of the people who vote for Maxine Waters and Hillary Clinton uh, are at gasoline stations robbing each other and shooting each other. So they're, they're busy doing that. But fortunately for them, they're not bothering people who are Trump supporters or whatever. How do you tell a Trump supporter, by the way, uh, when you tell them you're not welcome here, is 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 Maxine assuming that what you just ID them by what? How do you ID them? I'm wondering that. But anyway, so far that hasn't happened at these uh, gasoline stations or restaurants or whatever. It has a couple people have actually done it and confronted people. Now, I'm not quite sure this is really a uh, anything having to do with Trump or whatever. But there's a there's this idea somehow that. Uh, all bets are off. You can pretty much attack anybody you want to when it comes to uh, doing whatever you want to. Anytime you feel like you want to hit somebody or anytime you feel like you want to yell at somebody, that's kind of uh, basically how, how it all works these days. Knock yourself out. You know, if you're, if you're Cory Booker and you decide you don't like a certain rule, violate the rule. If you're Barack Obama and you decide, oh, that whole thing about former presidents not going around mouthing off about the current presidents, forget that. I'm Barack Obama. I do whatever I want to do. Times have changed. So, yeah, he gets out there and breaks decades of tradition and decides he's going to be a... uh, warrior for the Democratic Party, which, of course, again, just like Maxine Waters, this doesn't help matters when you've got a petulant, dark soul like Barack Obama out there bitching, whining, moaning, angry, frowning, wagging his finger. It doesn't help the Democratic Party, believe me. But that's him. He's the he's the dark lord now out there. With He might as well have... Like a, a a sickle and a and a robe on. The the way he comes across, he's just not a happy guy, and and he you could tell he's just got this deep seated kind of bitterness and anger as he watches his legacy being unraveled, and and as he watches uh, job numbers, like for instance in the manufacturing segment sector, go crazy. I just read you the report about how uh, job growth in the manufacturing sector and the blue-collar sector, the people who voted mostly for President uh, Trump, growing 3.3%, the largest amount of growth we've seen since 1984. And 1984, yeah, that was a um, good year. That was the year that Ronald Reagan, by a landslide, beat Walter Mondale. Mondale won, I think, one state, and it was Minnesota, which was, I think, his home state. Anyway, back to this video. So this girl confronts uh, in California, confronts a cheerleader in California. And uh, and this cheerleader, she's 
this pretty girl got got her and and she's wearing like uh you know how football players wear the that stuff under their eyes and she's clearly this is clearly post game or before game or whatever and she's sitting down and this beast walks up to her and starts yelling at her and bullying her and now there's going to be a little bit of language on here so forgive me a little bit uh but it's real and I, I I encourage you to to I tweeted the, the video out earlier uh, out last night, and so uh, check out my, check out my Twitter feed and and you'll see the video itself. But uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and play it for you because it's just so satisfying in the wake of listening to a bully like Maxine Waters and bullies like Barack Obama out there trying to intimidate people, make people. To call people racist, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to play it for you here. It's how it uh, kind of went down. No, nobody wants to fight. You guys nobody speaks on you guys. Nobody wants to fight. That's the words out of the cheerleader's mouth as she's being hovered over by this beast of a high school student uh, at, at this football event. So you get you get the picture there. She basically she she's pounding on this beast. This 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 this, this girl in a cheerleader's outfit is just taking this beast down to the ground. This bully. Sorry about the language there, but you know some things are just kind of uh, the way. That's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. But I just wanted to treat you to uh, to that little bit there. Because it is oh so satisfying to see someone finally fighting back and saying, you know what, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to put up with this anymore. And she didn't. So that video's out there. So those of you who need a little cathartic moment battling back against the bullies, whether they be the Maxine's Waters of the world or the people yelling at people in restaurants of the world or people yelling at people in football games of the world, check it out, look at it, love it. And I will be back as we uh, get uh, Judge Napolitano on. And uh, the judge is, let me just double check here and make sure the judge can can be with us. Because I, I had uh, talked to his uh, assistant just uh, yesterday night. Just want to make sure everything is uh, hunky-dory with him here. Uh, please uh, busy yourselves. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, six, okay. Uh, and we will do that, and let me just, uh, let's see, okay, hold on, let me just uh, get him a shot here, uh, FBI leaks, and I will get confirmation, and uh, let me just do this uh, real quickly, and do it there for that, and then we'll get going here and get a little more for you, I'm going to play you some music here while I'm doing um, uh, get him on. I'm yeah, baby. There you go. Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. 
We are live from the Discovery Design Studios. And don't forget, too, folks, my guy Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. He is a great guy, and he's my insurance agent. He's my man. 855-QUOTE-ME. 855-QUOTE-ME. When you're looking for low premiums, low deductibles, that's where you're going to find find them at 855-QUOTE-ME. For all of your car insurance needs, he's got them. Low premiums, low deductibles for your home. Low premiums, low deductibles. I just hooked up a life insurance policy with him, and he's a good man. Your local agent, call him anytime. All right. So, Zach, what we got to do here is let's go ahead and and uh, and and take me off mic from and also sound if you can so that I can call the judge Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, check it out. You know who it is, right? You know who it is. Yes, indeed. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Judge Napolitano from wet New York City. Thank you very much for uh, being with me as always. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers and our all of our uh, goodwill headed towards New York's way and D.C.'s way as all of you and all of us commemorate that awful day, uh, September 11, 2001. Uh, can I ask you really quickly before we get on to this New York op-ed, uh, New York Times op-ed piece a uh, bit, uh, where were you uh, on, on that morning when this happened, Judge? You know, I, uh, I was as then then as now living in New York City, and I actually was in my car and drove to a meeting that I had in Newark, which was to start at 8.30. So I arrived in Newark, New Jersey, which is just across the Hudson River uh, from New York City, just as the first plane hit. About an hour uh, later, uh, after all the damage had begun, I ran into an FBI agent friend of mine who began to tell me what the government thought happened and what its prediction for death was at the time. And they thought at the time that about 25,000 people would die, and they also thought that this was a far more uh, organized military operation than it turned out to be. But they were remarkably accurate in their awareness. At this point, it's about 20 after 9 in the morning, 
uh, of the use of civilian planes to bring down uh, the buildings. Now, of course, because I had left my apartment in New York City and was with my car in New Jersey, I couldn't get back into New York City because it was it was closed off. You couldn't couldn't get in by any means unless you were law enforcement or the federal government. Fortunately, I have a farm in New Jersey, and that's where I went for the week. I think I was back on air on, at Fox uh, on Friday, 9-11. Uh, was a Tuesday. You know, these are events that you uh, you really don't forget. And I lived in lower Manhattan. So I lived in a part of the uh, city where the dust was everywhere, including inside your apartment. And where, I'll never forget this, there were thousands and thousands of photographs uh, taped to telephone and power line poles throughout the city saying, have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? And, of course, all of them were dead. Wow. You know, that's one of those things, too. That's one of the stories, uh, a smaller story level, even, even like people jumping and those kind of things, that weren't really necessarily told. We, it was so, everything was so macro. Everything was such a big thing that we didn't see some of those small things like you saw there. And so... Uh, right, boy, right. just amazing. Uh, so uh, onto right. this, it, it took about it took about uh, eight or nine months for life to return to uh, normal in that part of New York City. Yeah, to the extent that it's, it's ever normal again, but to at least a semblance of normality. No doubt, no doubt, and still, there's still people who are suffering as a result of coming to the aid of these individuals because of all kinds of diseases and things linked to that. So it's, it's ongoing. That's for sure. The, you know, what is remarkable that people are still dying. These are rescuers and still discovering, uh, fatal ailments in their bodies, which in the case of some of them took 17 years to germinate. They're just discovering these things today. And I'm sorry to say that that death toll will exceed 3,000. It's about 3,990 right now. Wow. There still are about 65 people whose remains are in the medical examiner and uh, unidentified and perhaps unidentifiable forever. Wow, it's just a, that's amazing. Well, thank you for that uh, introspection there, my friend. And uh, I know that you're. Uh, we've got a couple more minutes with you, and so I want to make sure we cover this New York Times op-ed as as the hunt continues for the author of this. Even if they find out who it is, uh, what what are the ramifications for that person? Uh, but also, when it comes to like First Amendment uh, rights, and what are, what are the ramifications for the New York Times? To, to, to print something uh, of that sort that could be construed as a, a, a admission of a silent coup? What are, what, are the, what are the things at stake here right now on this? The issues? Well, the, 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 the president did two things, both of which disappointed me. One, he accused the New York Times and its unnamed author. I'm using the word unnamed rather than anonymous because somebody knows who it is. The Times knows who it is. Interestingly, the Times editorial side knows who it is, but the Times reporters are as aggressively trying to find out who this person is as Fox News investigative (laughs) reporters are. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen to those people if they're the ones that find this person, but the president's response was to call this treason and then to say he wanted a Department of Justice investigation. I was very disappointed to hear him use the word treason. This is wrong under the law and a dangerous charge to make. Treason is defined in the Constitution. It's there for a reason to prevent the Congress or the courts from changing the definition of it. 
and it consists only in waging war by violence against the United States or providing aid and comfort to an en- to an enemy who is waging war. Uh, the G- DOJ investigation, I, I think, that, that will 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 not occur because the Department of Justice investigates crimes, and there's no evidence uh, of a crime here. Now, the flip side of this is the president is entitled to have advisors around him who he can trust and who are not going to run to the New York Times every time he hiccups. I mean, the the piece in the Times was a blistering attack on Donald Trump, the president, and on Donald Trump, the man. And now he doesn't know who this person is. At one point last week, he said, the only people I trust are my family. Well, he can't run the government if he only trusts his family. Right. So he can find out who that person is. And fire the person. It is a fireable uh, offense to reveal your boss's secret, to make your your boss appear in an unfavorable uh, light. But unless state secrets were revealed, and there are no state secrets as far as I can tell in the Times piece, there is no crime. And where there is no crime or even a hint of a crime, there's not going to be a DOJ uh, investigation. Now, let me ask you this. The word out of the White House as of last night is they've narrowed it to about a half dozen likely suspects, but we don't know who they are. Yeah, it seems likely, too, that they're, they might just be staffers of individuals who are close to the president. And so who knows? But let's 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 say that there are actually people who are involved in purposely undermining the president there. Uh, what are the ramifications there? Like, what, what if what, what they're saying is true, that there's a group of individuals who are purposely derailing uh, the president and his attempted actions? Well, that, too, is not a crime. That That is a dysfunctional White House. I mean, one of these alleged derailments – I don't know how to describe this – consists of the chief economic advisor, Gary Cohn removing a document from the president's desk before the president could sign it. Now, almost every economist in the country knows that if the president had signed it, uh, it would have profoundly affected in a negative way the economy of South Korea and even our ability to sell any, any goods to the South Koreans. That's not to say that the president's will should be frustrated. But the removal of that document and enhanced economic opportunity rather than suppressed it. That's one argument. The other argument is Donald Trump was elected president, not Gary Cohn. Uh, And uh, Donald Trump was elected president, and he has the authority to uh, make these decisions. And if some of his people that work for him don't like the decisions he's making, they should leave rather than physically frustrate uh, his ability. Right. I would caution against the use of the word coup, C-O-U-P. Yeah. A coup d'etat is an effort to take over the government, not to uh, weaken or water down uh, what the president is trying to do. I mean, do I support any of this stuff? No, of course not. I've not hesitated to be critical of Donald Trump when I think his uh, policies run against human freedom and and prosperity. But he is the president. He is the lawful president. He has the authority to make these decisions and not the people around him. Well, it's always good to talk to a judge because when you talk to a judge, you learn a little bit about the use of precise language. And so I appreciate you, as always, no doubt about it. All right, Judge, uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much for your time this morning, and Godspeed to you. God love you, and thank you so much for your time, buddy. 
All the best, my friend. Right, you Thank too. You. Uh, Judge Knapp on uh, Twitter as well. So, yeah, you know, throwing around the words coop, you know. Coop. Coop. Coop, buddy. Coop. Good morning this morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday to all of you coming up at 7.51. Or more likely about 7.50. It was at 7.51 on a Tuesday in 2001, September 11th, where we first got word of a plane hitting one of the World Trade Towers. I'm going to play you not only the NBC News report, the Today Show report at that time, which I was watching at the time. And I'm going to play you that, but I'm also going to play you some other parts of uh, the goings-on that day so we can sufficiently, adequately, completely, thoroughly remember the pain and sorrow of that day. I, I was pleased to hear so many people telling me earlier about what the situation is with uh, with how this is being commemorated at at churches, Father Tom says he's going to be addressing it in Mass today, which is fantastic. A couple of you folks were all uh, telling me that you're going to be, uh, your kids are going to have commemorations today. I never asked uh, Aiden what they were going to be doing at school today. Um, I hope, I hope it's, I hope it's not going to be another lecture from the diversity director on how putting your hand over your heart is uh, idolatry. I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. I, I hope they won't take the, 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 the time to, to, to have the diversity director come out and address the students and tell them that Francis Scott Key's a racist. Maybe they, could, maybe they could put that off for maybe a day, huh? <laughs> I laugh, but I gotta tell you, man. Oh, come on, Melissa. You hate the crash test dummies? Come on. Uh, you mean you don't like people who sing like this? You don't be like you don't like people who sing like they're holding in a nice good hit of weed? Come on now. They only have a couple. So this is this is uh, this is another one. This is kind of like. God, actually had the, uh, I had this, I had this CD. I am singing like this. I am singing like this. You got to give them credit, though. They, they did this thing. Crash Test Dummies did these songs, and then that's, that's all they did their entire rest of their career. Come on, Melissa. You have to enjoy the Crash Test Dummies. 
us and get on board with the crash test dummies. Don't you understand? They made crash test dummies and the name of the album was God Shuffled His Feet. Come on, people. Come on, how can you not like this? This dude and this guy milk this for uh, ever, man. You gotta admit it's not half bad. I just don't think you can listen to this all day long. You know? I'm tired of the album all day long. I saw a video of this guy, and he's still doing this song. He's still, he's like 70, and he's still out there. Not that 70 is a bad thing. I'm just saying. He's still out there doing this stuff. People are going to see this stuff. It reminds them of their young, their youth people. Come on. Facebook better not pull me off for doing this either. Can you imagine the indignity of being pulled off for a Play the crash test dummies. I bet you how many people are going to go out and buy uh, afternoons and coffee spoons as a result of me talking about them. Come on, people. 1993. Wow. That's interesting. It was the first year of the first uh, World Trade Center bombing, by the way, that we should have paid more attention to, but we didn't. Uh, speaking of age, you all know who this old coot is? This is... Um, this is a woman on Broadway. And the thing is, you know, a lot of times we get, like, uh, upset about things, uh, but we don't have to necessarily be upset because uh, we don't know who the hell these people are. Like this, this Broadway star, Carol Cook. You guys have, I, believe me, you've never heard of Carol Cook before, probably. But she winds up on TMZ with her dumb husband here and they're leaving a West Hollywood eatery. And apparently there were at, at a frozen, the Broadway musical production. There was a, somebody with a pro Trump flag or some banner or something in the audience. I don't know why, uh, that was the case. I don't know why somebody, uh, uh, why somebody would have a pro Trump, banner or something at a at a uh, musical I, I i have no idea well if it was an obama banner it wouldn't have been offensive to people but i don't know i don't know what the circumstances were anyway this woman carol cook uh is interviewed and and she's just an old bag she is i i I don't even know who she is, but people are apparently all lathered about her talking about uh, the assassination of President Trump. You want to hear her blather on? Here, listen what to her. What did you think about the story that uh, someone brought the Trump banner to the Frozen on Broadway? Did you see that? The Trump banner? I didn't see They did yeah, what? And one of the actors, uh, you know, kind of broke the fourth wall and said, hey, put the Trump banner away. This is Frozen oh, on Broadway. Yeah. Now, is, is, is that a proper venue for, um, you know... Uh, By the way, though, too, how is it that... How, it, it, once, it was like when, 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 when Hamilton came out and, and the guy decided they were going to make some kind of speech or something about Vice President Pence there. I mean, does anybody on the left follow any kind of protocol whatsoever. I'm not saying that having a Trump banner at a Frozen musical is protocol by any stretch, but, 
Uh, does, does anybody on the left follow any protocol whatsoever? Like you have Maxine Waters calling for violence. You have Cory Booker lying and, and, and threatening to violate Senate rules there at a, at, a, at a Supreme Court nominee hearing. You have Obozo running around, running his fat mouth about uh, President Trump and, 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 and just being this bitter old codger out there on the stump now for the Democrats. And then you have this actor in here who decides he's going to stop the play and tell someone they shouldn't have a banner out there. Is it, I would in the past I thought maybe they're like the usher's job or something. Like, isn't there like an usher someplace saying, "Dude, please put your banner away"? And and again, I I don't care if it's a Trump banner or a whatever banner. It, if you're at a frozen play, you don't have to have a banner. I, I actually don't know the exact circumstances around that thing, but nonetheless, here she is. A trumper to to bring a, a well, banner to or to that is. Oh, this is good. Where was? <laughs> no, you should. <laughs> Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? Oh. <laughs> right. I guess that's what you say. Yeah. You're going to ask me who the hell. Yeah, where, where's Doctor Kravorkian when you need him, Carol? That's that would be my answer to you. But. No, I know who John Wilkes Booth <laughs> Thank is. Thank you, darling. <laughs> he, he killed president. <laughs> They Don't killed one say anyway. that. Well, they'll get me for that. They won't see. No. Where is he when you need him? He we heard you the first time. So we need to kill President Trump. Well, he did. The, no. <laughs> Why not? That would get me in trouble. I don't know. It might. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, this poor old lady is just blathering on about killing President Trump, and, and it's apparently making the rounds, and people are all uh, very upset about it, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, if I knew who she was, I guess I could be more upset. But uh, again, my my answer to her is uh, uh, keep this. Yeah, and if you, if anybody talks about it, she says, "Where's John Wilkes Booth when you need him? You can steal my line." Carol Cook, where's Doctor Kevorkian when you need him? And maybe you guys have forgotten who he is, but you can go ahead and Google him. This is an interesting development in the Me Too uh, world. Do you see how people are freaking out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Margaret points out that Carol was there when Lincoln was shot. Yeah, it probably was. Good one there, Margaret. All right, so um, they're calling this tone deaf. But is it? I mean, it, it, be, be, besides, let me tell you something. At the Playboy clubs, there wasn't a lot of groping going on. I mean, I, I, even if you, you could say what you want about Hugh Hefner and the Playboy bunnies, but... Uh, it, it, this was an age when it was kind of like out in the open. I, I thought the whole Me Too movement was about all these disgusting people and their couches in their offices and everything else. I mean, apparently Les Moonves over at CBS, apparently he had like a bedroom in his office from the days of William Paley up there at CBS. Apparently he had like a, like a bed. I mean, these people were, you know, in running around in their bathrobes and all that kind of stuff. The Me Too movement about is all uh, is about these guys in the background, all kind of sneaking around and 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 abusing women and everything else. Uh, a Playboy bunny isn't the abuse of a woman. I mean, I, I guess technically you could say dressing up as a Playboy bunny is is uh, is sexist or whatever. But these women are dressing up as Playboy bunnies. I mean, you know, that's. I mean, you know, say what you want about Playboy. 
Art Wilson brought up Hustler. You remember the infamous Hustler magazine? Um, there was a there was a uh, cover of Hustler magazine where they had uh, this woman upside down in a meat grinder. Now that's a little that's a little much. It's a little sexist. I mean, when you're a a porn magazine and the cover has a woman in a meat grinder, you kind of get the drift of where those slobs are going. You know what I mean? That's unbelievable. I mean, Playboy, I guess the argument could be made that it was at least tame. But people, again, I, I, you know, um, would I want my daughter dressed up as a Playboy bunny? No. I really, I really would, would prefer that not happening. <laughs> I mean, as much as I can talk right now about, oh, it's their choice, whatever, I, I wouldn't want my daughter as a Playboy bunny. I get it, Okay. But if that's what people are wanting to do, then knock yourself out. So now uh, the Playboy Club that has Playboy, real Playboy bunny hostesses and everything else uh, is set to open in New York City this week. Now, apparently in New York, they're all freaking out because it was like, wait a minute, this is the Me Too era. I was like, yeah, uh, that's true, but I'm not quite sure what, I mean, what are they going to go after Hooters also? Never got Hooters, by the way. Never understood that whole vibe there. Never understood uh, women in in shorts and stockings, pantyhose. I mean, like, how does that? How does that? How is that remotely attractive? Wearing shorts and like tan stockings and tan pantyhose and tennis shoes. How how is that? Uh, how, how how is that supposed to be alluring? I don't I don't get the, the whole Hooters thing. Is something? It's like some people take their boys to Hooters. I'm like I'm taking my son to Hooters. Come on. And plus, if they have better chicken wings somewhere, top tier membership will cost a quarter of a million dollars. Opening on the 15th of September, uh, 32 years after the New York City's original Playboy Club closed. And it was because there was interest in a decline in membership. Uh, But apparently these guys at the new Playboy Club say that uh, that there's an appetite for this coming back. There's an appetite for the Playboy Bunny coming back. so, and it complete with wearing rabbit ears and tails and everything else. So, I don't know. Meanwhile, I thought this was a sign that the economy is booming. Okay, uh, you know the five dollar foot long apparently is is going away now um, at Subway. They're they're getting rid of the five dollar foot long uh, apparently because uh, you know. The guys who are running these operations are unhappy uh, with having to give a five dollar footlong to people, and they because they say it's hurting their bottom line. It's 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 costing the owners of these stores money, and I guess I could uh, potentially agree with them on that. I don't I don't blame them for having that uh, that issue with it, but they're apparently just getting rid of the five dollar football all, all, all along. Five dollar footlong. Bye-bye. Apparently, they believe that 
people can pay more now for a foot long because people have more money, you know. And the $5 foot long now, uh, the owners of these restaurants are saying, we don't want to do this anymore because we just aren't making any money off these $5 foot longs. And so Subway now says, okay, they're going to leave it up to the stores to, to determine whether or not they want to offer the $5 foot long. And so it just depends on where you live, whether or not you're going to get the $5 foot long or not. I like Subway. I, I don't like necessarily going to Subways. Uh, I wish they had a drive through sometimes because uh, having to stand in a Subway sometimes behind the person who's never seen a pepper in their lifetime before and you're standing by, what is that? It's like, it's a banana pepper, dude. What's that right there? They're pointing over the glass, and the clerk is like going, please don't put your hands over the glass. What is that? It's a tomato. Ever seen a tomato before? And then the people are wanting the this on there, that on there, boom on there, boom on there, then pepper and vinegar and salt. And then it's like, people, please, just get your sandwich and get the hell out of here. But it takes a while. Anyway, that's, a, that's my biggest beef. Against the uh, subway, but nonetheless, it looks like the uh, the economy is booming enough that they think people can go ahead and afford the seven dollar foot long. I don't know. Looking at looking at what's going on in the uh, in in our world now, with the latest information from uh, from the economy under President Trump, jobs booming in the manufacturing segment, three point three percent in the year preceding July, best rate since nineteen eighty four. Blue-collar jobs, small shrinking part of the U.S. economy before, are now growing at a faster clip than those in the nation's much larger service economy. So uh, the people who are at Subway uh, are now able to probably serve more blue-collar folks because they're coming in because they've got jobs and they're ready for lunch. That's the bottom line. Rapid hiring in blue-collar sectors, delivering benefits to areas that turned out heavily for Trump in the 2016 election. That would be, oh, down there in old Cape Girardeau, where President Trump is going to be on Thursday. We're going to hope to have Congressman Jason Smith on with us at some point, um, perhaps uh, tomorrow or maybe even Thursday morning when uh, the president is in. I'm not quite sure what my role is going to be down there in um, in. Uh, Cape Girardeau. I'm, I'm going to probably go down there and see him. I'll see what uh, what what's there. Melissa's talking about firehouse subs. I've had firehouse subs before. They're pretty damn good. I had the uh, I had one of the um, the I think I had a barbecue one. It was pretty darn good. I can't remember what it was. Like a beef barbecue thing. Anyway, it's seven fifty one, and on at seven fifty one on this day, September eleventh, two thousand one. We had our televisions on. If we were watching the Today Show, this is how it went down. I hope you all can grasp the gravity of uh, this day. Uh, if you see, look outside now with the sun shining, this is exactly the morning. This is exactly what the morning looked like at 7.51 on 2000, uh, 2001, September 11th. It was, a, it, it was even a Tuesday. And it was a beautiful day, just like that day you're seeing out your window right now. And if you're like me, 2001, September 11th, you had a TV on maybe. And I had the Today Show on. And this is what I saw. 
851 in New York, 751 in St. Louis. This is today on NBC. Mention we have a breaking news story to tell you about. Apparently, a plane has just crashed into the World Trade Center here in New York City. It happened just a few moments ago, apparently. We have very little information available at this point in time. But on the phone, we do have Jennifer Oberstein, who apparently witnessed this event. Jennifer, can you hear me? Hello? Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Katie. Hi. Can you please tell me what you saw and give me any information about what's going on there? Yes, I have to tell you. Um, it's, it's quite terrifying. I'm in shock right now. I came out of the subway at Bowling Green. I was heading to work in Battery Park at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, and I come out, and it, I saw a big, I heard a boom walked up, and there was a big ball of fire. I'm now looking north at the World Trade Center, and it is the left twin tower if I'm looking north. I'm in Battery Park right now, and you can hear the fire engines and the emergency and emergency crews behind me, and it is unbelievable. When the fire first burst, it was a... Hello? Go yes, ahead. Go we ahead. can hear you. In air like I've never seen before. Um, and I, as you know, I used to work in news. I've never seen any fire like this in the air. And the pieces of the building were flying down. It looks like it's the, it's like the top, I can't even tell you, maybe 20 floors. Intense smoke. It's, it's horrible. It's, I, I, I can't even describe it. Do you have any idea what kind of plane it was? I'm sorry? Do you have any idea what hit the World Trade Center? what it was? Yeah, what kind of plane? We're getting reports that an airplane hit the building. Oh, I, I didn't even know that. Honestly, I was walking up and it looked up and saw a big boom and fire. You know, I got to tell you, we were all saying around here that it was very interesting that it would be a bomb and it would be so high up. So it, perhaps, it, perhaps it was a plane. We have no no talk of a plane. However, I have to tell you, there's still, there's still things flying in the air. I mean, it it's mind-boggling, and it was, it's horrifying. Jennifer, it's Matt Lauer. I, I'd like to ask you, while you were close to the building, or, or have you, since the explosion, seen anyone who's been injured being taken out of the building? Are there ambulances dealing with people on the sidewalk around the building? No, I have not. I, I have not gotten that close. I have to tell you that my father works in the World Financial Center, and I first called over there to see, because it's next door, to see, you know, if... If he was okay, I couldn't get through, and I'm far away right now. I thought it might be a little dangerous to get too close. I saw lots of lots of debris coming down, and right now I'm in Battery Park. I don't know, you know, it's it's only it's probably about a five minute walk from here to the World Trade Center, but the smoke is incredible. I mean, I can't see the top of the tower. It's starting to cover the top of the second tower. In fact, we're looking at pictures right now, Jennifer, with a huge gaping hole on the side of the building and billowing smoke. So. I'm right now, you see, yeah, I'm, I think, I, I see major fire. I definitely see fire. Um, and Je Jennifer, you said you're looking north of the building, so in other words, you're south of the building, yes, is that right? Be because we're looking at a picture that is looking at the north side of the uh, building. I'm on the exact opposite side. And, and it appears that is where the largest hole is, and again, as you mentioned correctly, toward the top of the building, but on the north side, and then on the, what I think is the west side of the building, we can also see some holes there that could have been from damage once the impact occurred. Again, we've been told that this is a plane. We don't have confirmation on that, but there is an enormous hole in the north side of that building. Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit more about what you heard when you heard this explosion? Describe it for us. Absolutely. When I uh, walked out of the subway, I looked at the Twin Towers because, I mean, I just always look up there. And uh, right when I looked up, 
there was a boom. It wasn't it wasn't that loud. Like it wasn't huge. However, what was unbelievable was the amount of fire. It was a big ball of fire that just went up. And and I looked I looked around at people. We were all horrified. I, I I'm stuttering because I'm I'm in such shock. I've never seen anything like it. It's just horrible. And of course, this is real cause for concern because the World Trade Center is one of the busiest office buildings here in New York with hundreds, perhaps thousands of, of workers who... The New York who, State governor has his office, the oh, New York right. City office there. And Several so, thousand And of workers. course, given the time that this has happened, uh, it's only probably appropriate to surmise that people might have been in the building. And, and you know, we, we've seen stories in the past where planes have hit buildings, small planes, and it would be hard to imagine that a small plane could create that kind of hole in a building like the World Trade Center and create the damage on the other side of the building from the sheer impact. Small, small planes tend to crumple and then fall down the building. Again, we haven't talked to anyone who's close to the base of the building, so we don't know what kind of debris or wreckage. Yes, go ahead, Jennifer. I'm sorry, I'm just talking to a police officer right here, and he says, yes, he heard it was a plane. Does he have any information about what kind of plane it was, or does he? can he tell us any more details? Yeah. May I, may I, I'm going to put you on hold for one moment, okay? Just to recap, if you're just joining us, you're looking at dramatic pictures of New York's World Trade Center in Lower Manhattan, where a short time ago we are told that a plane crashed into the upper floors of the westernmost tower. You can see. So it. this is 8.59 New York time, 7.59 St. Louis time. And the flight that crashed into the World Trade Center uh, was uh, Flight 11. And that was a, a flight that was uh, an American Airlines flight, uh, Flight 11. And there was uh, an individual on that airplane at the time. This was the first airplane that hit. And one of the more memorable uh, elements of of that uh, tragedy was uh, the call from Betty Ong, who was a flight attendant there uh, on Flight 11, and this was the first one that hit the North Tower of the of the World Trade Center. And before that plane hit, uh, there was a uh, phone call that was made to the American Airlines Operations Center by Betty Ong, who was the uh, heroic. Flight attendant on flight 11. This is how. Uh... We're seeing the back. Um, the cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I, I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. That was uh, Betty Ong. And it was soon after that that the airplane uh, flew into the tower the first time. And uh, so it was. This is. I'm going to continue and resume here. Meanwhile, similar stories are playing out in airplanes that are remain in the air now at this time uh, on September 11, 2001. And one of them is uh, in the air and on their way to New York City. Now, these people in that airplane know already, or some of them know at least, that, that, a, uh, that a plane has flown into, into uh, the World Trade Center. So the second plane... Uh, is now speeding to New York. These people, some of these people, know they have been hijacked, uh, and 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 certainly uh, the uh, world, the 
towers and and the the uh, ATC air traffic control. They're all they don't they don't know what to do. They're, these people are flying around. They 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 they've lost uh, a grip on the second airplane, and it's hurtling towards New York at this time. And uh, and so at this point now it's eight fifty nine a.m. Uh, September eleventh, two thousand one. Gaping hole that is on the north side of the building, and you can see residual damage on the west side of that building, and obviously fires are burning right now in the World Trade Center. Tall buildings have had a real problem here in New York. There was, back in the 40s, a plane hit the Empire State Building. In the 60s, a helicopter crashed at the, on the top of what was the Pan Am Building, now the MetLife Building. So uh, Right now we're getting information, Al, that it was a small commuter plane, and of course we'll let people know as soon as we have more information as to what actually caused this, and of course on everybody's mind who was yeah. might have been hurt as a result of, the, of this terrible, terrible incident. We're going to be talking to more eyewitnesses coming up in just a few minutes. We are back at 9 o'clock Eastern time on this Tuesday morning, and we're back with dramatic pictures of an accident that has happened just a short time ago. You're looking at the World Trade Center in lower Manhattan, where just a few minutes ago we're told that a plane, some reports are that it was a small commuter plane, crashed into the upper floors of one of the Twin Towers. You can see fire and flames or smoke billowing from that tower. There is a gaping hole on the north side of the building. That's the side you're seeing to the left-hand side of your screen right now. And other damage to the west side of that building, which is to the right side of your screen. This, of course, happened just before the morning commute, before people were heading into their offices. And while I'm sure some people were already at work, immediately there's speculation or cause for concern. This is the World Trade Center that was the center of a terrorist bombing right. some years ago. So the questions have to be asked, was this purely an accident or could this have been an intentional act? But either way, extensive damage has been done to this building. And at this time, they're speculating, okay, so is there anybody in the, in the, uh, in the building? Is there anybody there? Uh, yes, there were a lot of people already at work. And one of them was uh, an individual who uh, called, uh, his name is Sean, he called from the, from the tower, the, this, the first tower, while it was uh, on fire. And he was uh, calling his loved ones from there. These are phone calls from the tower. This is the first one. And these are people calling and leaving messages for people they obviously can't reach. And so they're leaving messages on their, on their machines. You know, there's a fire. I love you, Colin. I love you. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Kim. I love you so much. Those are people stuck in this building right now while it's on fire. And, this, and, this, and the second one hasn't, hasn't hit yet. But that, that's, that's, the, that's life. That's your uh, fellow American citizen calling their loved ones from, from the tower. There's more of that to come, but 
Here we are. It's like there's smoke coming out of the east side of the building. That shot we just saw looks like white smoke billowing out the side of the east side of the building. Obviously, horrified commuters were, were absolutely devastated when they heard this explosion. We talked with somebody a moment ago about that, Jennifer Oberstein, and also another eyewitness, Elliot Walker, who is actually a producer here on the Today Show. Elliot, can you hear me? Yes, hi, Katie. Hi, Elliot. Tell me where you are and what you saw. Well, I live in this area. I've returned to my apartment, but I was walking down the sidewalk delivering my young daughter to school, and uh, we heard a very loud um, sound, the kind of sound you hear when a plane is, is uh, you know, going fast past you, followed by an enormous crash um, and an immediate explosion. Um, I don't think we could feel shockwaves, but we, we sort of felt like we did. And we were in a position where we could see um, the Trade Center almost immediately between the other buildings. Um, and an enormous fireball that must have been 300 feet across was visible immediately. Um, a secondary explosion, I think, and then plumes of smoke. There must, be, there must have been a three-block cloud of, of white smoke. Now, from where I was on the street a moment ago, you can, in fact, see smoke leaving the building on three sides. It seems to be coming out on at least four or five floors. Um, the air is filled with hundreds of thousands of pieces of paper that are just sort of floating like confetti. Um, the area is swarmed with emergency vehicles um, and sirens. Have you Obviously, seen we're very sensitive to this kind of thing in this neighborhood. Elliot, have you, of course, because of the incident that occurred in the early 1990s, have you seen any any evidence, Elliot, of, of people being taken out of the building? You say that emergency vehicles are there, understandably so, but of course the major concern is human oh loss. I mean, do you know if there were many people in the building? Oh, another time? one just hit. Something else just hit. A very large plane oh, just flew directly over my building and there's been another collision. Can you see it? I yes. can yes. see it on the shot. Oh, my. Something you, else has you just... You know what? We just saw a plane like a circling the building. It is in the other building. We just saw a plane circling the building. A second ago on the shot right before I that. I think there may have been another impact. Can you tell? I just heard another very loud bang and a very large plane that might have been a DC-9 or a 747 just flew past my window and I think it may have hit the Trade Center uh, again. To be, to be honest, Elliot, I didn't, I didn't get the impression that it was that big a plane. It looks big from here. I did see a plane go by a second ago, though, and it, it, it has now impacted the building. I'm yeah. trying to see if it's the different tower. Yeah. I think it may have been. I believe tower. the first one was World Trade Center 1, and it looks from what I'm seeing on the television like it may have been We're the second see, building. This is hit. a piece of tape, and we may actually see another plane enter the picture here in a second. I wonder if there are air traffic control problems. Let's go back to Jennifer Oberstein, who was talking to a second ago. Jennifer, did you see this happen? Hello? Did Jennifer? you just see this happen, Jennifer? Matt, I... I've never seen any, it looks like a movie. I saw a large plane, like a jet, go immediately headed directly into the World Trade Center. It, it, it just flew into it, into the, into the other tower coming from south to north. I watched the plane fly into the World Trade Center. It was a jet, it was a very large plane. It was going fast, it went past the Ritz-Carlton Hotel that's being built in Battery Park. It went, flew right past it, almost hit it, and then went in. So this is 9.04 Eastern time, so 8.04 our time and again this is what it was pretty much right around now this is what was going on uh and it was you know just like it is outside now beautiful sunny morning tuesday morning and uh this was playing out in front of our eyes uh or 
as we heard it, if we were in our cars at the time, and uh, that second plane hitting, at that point, uh, it was just all hell. And uh, at this point, too, you know, there are people who were calling their loved ones. And, you know, listen, uh, is this, you know, hard uh, to listen to? Yeah. And 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 do we should should we remember all this? Hell yeah! And and we're, and I'm so glad to hear people are actually, uh, you know, dealing with this today at whether it be at school or at mass or whatever, uh, because this is something we should never forget. And I, I don't know how many people are going to how, how much coverage there's going to be about this today. I don't know. I mean, in our daily lives, we'll remember all this. Uh, and I encourage you to go and, you know. Look at the uh, video. Look, look at the people who are uh, trapped in there, and some of them are are burning alive, and so they're they're jumping. It's one of the untold stories, or there is a documentary about it, and everything else. People are 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 being burned alive, so they're they're jumping out. They, there's no other way. They, there's no other thing they can do. Their human inclination is just to. To jump, and so that that's really very very hard. Um, it's it's hard to listen to, I'm sure, and I'm I'm not putting you through it just because I'm just you know putting you through it. I, I think we need to we need to remember these are you know these are our fellow citizens. This is this is why um, you know when you every time you you see somebody take a knee to the American flag or crap on this country and and this and this is after we have given so much to the world this is this is after the united states of america has has sacrificed so many lives for the security and peace of the world so uh you know to watch this kind of victimization of u.s citizens in the united states of america and our fellow countrymen it's infuriating and 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 not and it's not just sad it's infuriating and so you know uh to have to you know to to forget this kind of stuff is is you know and not not to mention the the lives that 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 we're watching right now uh you know you there are so many uh it's it's 904 eastern time 804 st louis time and um, hundreds more would die before the the morning even started, and, and, and they would be uh, police and firemen who were running into the buildings helping them. They were they were they, they were, or the people who uh, are in the buildings now who uh, eventually uh, the entirety of these. Uh, the buildings will coll- will will all collapse, and so so and then and then after that, uh, many more will die in fighting terrorism. And in, in in fighting after this, so 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 many lives changed after this time, and 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 time is marching on even as as we listen to this, and and so many things are happening, and so many more lives are being affected by all this. And as Judge Napolitano pointed out, there are still people dying 
who came to the rescue of these individuals be, because of uh, diseases and, and, and cancers that had been caused by uh, uh, the inhalation of uh, jet fuel, uh, fuel fumes and, and the dust and the building materials and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're still dying. Uh, I think I think almost almost a thousand more people have died after nine eleven. I think the judge put it at thirty nine hundred something. Uh, you know, so 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 you know nine hundred plus more people have died since then from afflictions from responding. So there are currently um, at this at this juncture, at this particular time in this coverage. This is so shocking, of course, to everybody watching. There are uh, men and women in firehouses right now who are just about to be dispatched. Or or there or there are men and women who are uh, police officers and firefighters who had the day off but were called in. They're now just now being called in and dressing up and suiting up to go and, and help these people. And they would die too. I, I've never seen anything like it. It literally blew itself into World Trade Center. Obviously now we, we move from what, what appears to have, there it is right there. Again, I'm looking from south to north, that, and it went into the, the one on the right. That appeared to be at least a 727. We saw it a second ago. Here, it, here comes the videotape that we, we just showed you. You will see what appears to be a large plane. It could be a 727 right there, maybe even bigger, flying right into the side of the World Trade Center. It was at least a 727. I, it was a jet. I couldn't believe my eyes watching it right above me. And now, keep in mind, some of these individuals uh, in that other tower, and also, for that matter, in the, in the North Tower, um, were being told to stay put. They didn't know what was going on. So... Uh, that became a, a huge mistake, but nobody knew what was happening. They, they had no idea what was happening. There were people trapped on the above floors where the, uh, where the planes hit the towers. Um, and, and some of those people in that second plane were very well aware of what was happening. Now you, you have to move. Because, because they had heard about the other plane, the first plane hitting uh, the World Trade Center. The first one. But those pe- folks were already up in the air when they heard that. In fact, all the planes that wound up crashing and, and hitting, for instance, the Pentagon, everything else were up at, this, at, 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 at the time of this, this happening. And so they were all very well aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Talk about a possible accident to talk about something deliberate that has happened here. We're going to immediately check with air traffic control in the area to find out if they had contact with either of these planes before the accident. But what we've just seen is, is about the most shocking videotape I've ever seen. What are the odds of two separate okay. planes hitting both towers? Elliot, are you still there? Hello? Elliot? Yes, I'm still here, Katie. So, Elliot, what can you see right now from, from your perspective? Um, I don't face in that direction. Like I can't see anything personally. It is completely impossible to understand why this is happening and to figure out what the what in the world is going on. I think we have to be grateful. Ali Everhart hit before 9 a.m., but it's now after 9 a.m. and I just wonder how many people were well, in those, those offices. Well, hopefully that they were evacuated following the first incident, and we can only hope that 
there was a very short period of time from when we first learned about this was probably about 8.50 Eastern time. This second incident occurred about 9.05, and so obviously that would be a short amount of time to get people out of the building. Ali Eberhardt is another witness who is on the ground. Ali, can you hear me? Yes, hello. And please tell me what you're seeing. Well, um, I live in lower Manhattan. I face the North Tower, the north side where the first plane crashed into the building. And right now, there's a lot of chaos on the ground, a lot of emergency vehicles. Everyone from the World Financial Center has exited and is walking north up to Battery Park North. There's just mass and mass of people uh, walking uh, north uptown of Manhattan. Uh, I was happened to look on the first tower, and I actually saw people waving where the first plane crashed through, and then it was unbelievable seeing this second jet come crashing into the second tower. What is going on? Yeah, so they, at that point, it's getting very emotional, and it's just at that point, just devastating for so many of these people to to to, to see this and and to and to and to watch this uh, and and to watch it happening in in front of their eyes and so it's it's uh it's very hard for just even the casual observer to to watch i'm sorry about the app by the way we're going to have to at some point figure out a way to improve upon this app that we have cuz it's uh sucking wind and i'm sorry that it's frustrating and we'll f- Figure that out one way or the other. Sometimes it's just a matter of uh, it, 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 if there are a lot of people on it. The, the, one of the things about the app and about uh, this is that is that uh, I have a lot of listeners, which is a good thing. But sometimes that many people overwhelm the app, and so uh, it, it it shuts down if there's an overload on it. So I, I'm sorry about that, but uh, hopefully a lot of you can keep that keep that thing on facebook is uh going uh, going fine but um so then what happens is so so you see the people observing this you you see the reporters and you see some of the people calling into the today show at that time and you know this is all unfolding um and 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 everything else and yeah john i'll i'll take care of that app for you um but but it's all unfolding now and so you've you've got then at that point still two other planes that are in the air at this point, and uh, of course the, the Pentagon plane it's a sh- it's a short that was this was a short trip uh, right from the DC airport so that they were not up long and and they were and 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 crashed into the uh, Pentagon uh, that was a uh, uh, plane load full of individuals heading to to California. And they were um, many, including kids uh, from a, an entire class of kids, um, you know, young, like middle schoolers in, in the airplane. And then Flight 93, which was um, up there. And, and those people were well aware of what was going on. And, uh, and of course, thanks to their heroics, they had no idea that that, that airplane was heading towards the Capitol, everybody presumed. But those individuals weren't going to uh, let that happen. Uh, and so thus, um, there in Shanksville, the plane crashed. I remember taking Aiden to the Flight 93 Memorial. I would encourage anybody who can go to go at some point and, uh, and be reminded of, of 
the uh, innocent deaths of of Americans, whose uh, chances are pretty good that their their some of their uh, predecessors fought to save this world, you know, maybe even their, their you know their their fathers and mothers all served in World War II and beyond and saved this world, and uh, here they are uh, incinerated and and torn apart and everything else by these horrible terrorists, these people who still hate us from a radical Islamic sector that still wants us dead and that still wants to come here and do this kind of thing. And so the protection of this country and our borders is, 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 uh, cannot be underestimated. I remember that uh, we they were somehow uh, it was it was presumed that this was uh, this attack was uh, in in repayment for for something we had done in the Middle East or involved in the Middle East. But at the, at the time, we weren't you know you go back to the Beirut barracks bombing in 1983. You know, uh, but but we but the, up until this time we weren't doing anything over there. There was there was nothing that, that was provoking this attack except for the fact that they uh, that these individuals hate America, hate Christians, and wanted to attack America. That was what, what this was about. There were all kinds of people in the aftermath trying to figure out what the reasoning was, it, and the reason is because they hate America. They hate what we stand for. And these guys utilized these attackers, these people who are committing these acts of terror right now, utilized our freedoms to pull it off. So anyway, you had the the crashes and the and planes, and then in the, in the meantime, um, all throughout that morning, uh, these buildings are burning, uh, and. These are people in these towers right now. I'm focusing on New York right now, but these people in these uh, towers, and 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 the, both now after the second plane had hit, the towers are on fire. And these people uh, in the in the South Tower, the plane that the second plane that hit uh, hit uh, farther down on the. Uh, uh, in, in the building. So the first plane hit, and they were like uh, about 15 floors above it. This second plane hit, and they were some 70 floors above it. And these are all people who are trapped in this building. And and they're and they're calling uh, their loved ones from the building. And, and I want to play these for you because um, it's important that you hear them because these are your fellow Americans who are dying and and on this day on a tuesday september 11 2001 and you know you, you got to hear this because it's 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 important that you do and 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 that no one forgets but it's hard to hear i'll tell you that uh, it's you go through the entirety of these people's lives and it's just like every and 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 this ought to tell you um this ought to give you every any indication that that you ought to uh, that that you should um, make sure you hug 
somebody today. The message that he left for me meant everything to me. I clung to it. I listened to it repeatedly in the days after. Everybody has told me that has lost loved ones, you lose the sound of their voice. I've probably listened to the message hundreds of times. It's available anytime I want to play it back. It's there. I hear it and I, I know it. I'm still very fragile to listen to it. And so I'm comforted to know it's there, but I don't, I don't listen to it. On September the 11th, 2001, nearly 3,000 families lost a loved one. The Twin Towers collapsed with such destructive force that only 300 bodies were recovered. But for some families, there is another legacy. Trapped inside the towers, many people tried to make desperate contact with the outside world. Some were able to speak on the phone. Others could only leave messages. Since that day, families have lived with the memory of these final words from their loved ones. Many of these calls have never been heard in public and are featured here for the first time. All are used with the full consent of the relatives, who only now feel ready to talk about them. These recordings shed light on what really happened inside the towers, but they also reveal something more profound about the choices people make in their final moments, who to turn to, and what to say. Uh, obviously a pretty scary experience. I saw a guy fall out of probably the 91st story all the way down. Okay. Now you can stay on the line with me. My dog, Coco, wakes me up somewhere approximately 5.30 in the morning and wants to go for a walk. So at 5.30 in the morning, I get out of bed, brush my teeth, throw some water on my face. We walk through the woods for half an hour, 40 minutes. I say a little prayer uh, every single day and talk to Melissa. So it's just, I, I know she's there, I know she's listening to me. I was the last person from the outside world that she spoke to. I'll always remember that. When you fall asleep sometimes at night and you close your eyes, you can just see her face there saying, Dad, I love you. So that's just one of the stories. And in the meantime, these people were calling their loved ones from the towers, and then ultimately they would just, uh, those towers would collapse, and those people, that would be the last time anybody would ever hear from them. And in the meantime, you had uh, uh, 
the people who were on um, Flight 93, and, and, and they were still up in the air uh, at this time, and uh, they were they were calling to uh, their loved ones, uh, and, and and they were calling calling home, and and they knew that there was uh, something going on, uh, and they knew that there was something uh, happening. Uh, and, and they knew that they were, uh, that, 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 that they were aware of, of what was happening and, and, and what actually was going on. They were very much aware of, uh, of how this was going down. One report said, and we can't confirm any of this, that a plane may have hit one of the two towers of the World Trade Center. And that's on Flight 93. They were, they, they knew what was happening uh they they knew that was uh what was going on and so at that point you know uh they were calling home and they were you know reporting about what was going on and um they were they were all uh this that point you know that they were they were going to uh jump these attackers and 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 jump on the al-qaeda guys and uh and and make this uh make this happen and 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 get it get it done uh and and they did because they they were all in one way shape or form uh knowing what was happening and they 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 were they were uh Terrified, but also indignant at this point, because they knew when they were communicating with their people, uh, they were telling them that this was that 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 these planes were crashing into the trade center and the and 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 in, into the the Pentagon, and in, and in, and so so these people were not only they were not going to be sitting there as hapless victims. Like, let me ask you: you're on an airplane, and Somebody tries to get in a cockpit. What are you going to do now? That'll never happen. This will never happen again. By the way, that's the, that's the only uh, good news. It's the only uh, that's the only solace that we have. United, is it? Is this will never happen again? United ninety three three five zero. United ninety three. That traffic to you is one o'clock twelve miles eastbound three seven zero. Negative contact. We're looking United ninety three. Somebody call Cleveland. United 93, verify 350. United 93, verify your level of 350. United 93, verify your level of 350. United 93, Cleveland. United 93, Cleveland. United 93, if you're at Cleveland Center, I'd ask, please. United 1523, did you hear your company, uh, did you hear uh, some interference on the frequency here uh, a couple minutes ago, screaming? Yes, I did, 797, and uh, I, we couldn't tell what it was either. Okay. United 93, Cleveland, if you hear the center right then. American 1060, you heard that also? Yes, sir, twice. Roger, we heard that also. Thanks, I just wanted to confirm it wasn't some interference. We said 10 I heard the 956,
So the yelling they were hearing uh, was the yelling from the cockpit. Um, that was uh, the individuals c- coming into the cockpit. And, and and you're hearing these guys all doing their Akbar stuff and the the the, the Maydays. And at that point, then uh, you know people like uh, Todd Beamer and all the other individuals are uh, at this point uh, saying we're not we're not gonna we know, we know what's going on eventually. And we're just not going to let this happen uh, to to us. And so what they did was they uh, they went ahead and in, intentionally uh, took it over and and wrestled with these individuals and bravely uh, took them out. But uh, in the end, sacrificed their own lives uh, in the end, but avoided yet another potential horrible catastrophe uh that that we saw there so by the time you know we we got into the whole thing with the the coverage of the uh of the towers it was uh about uh going into 9 30 9 40 uh 9 50 and then uh it was um it was about uh oh um 959, I believe it was. Uh, but of course, you wonder about all the emergency vehicles. Uh, um, Bob, we understand that building has now been evacuated. That that's true. It is uh, utterly surreal. Uh, as soon as word came of the Pentagon incident, uh, we were rather forcefully removed from the White House. The scene was one of uh, administrators, uh, crooks, whatever, running at fairly high speed all the way out of the building through the top gates. Then we huddled for a while in um, Lafayette Park across the street, and we've been moved now from there uh, a, a block or so away. Uh, the, uh, the offices along Jackson Place, which uh, uh, are across the street from the White House and adjacent to Lafayette Park, also have been evacuated. And in the most surreal of this morning's scenes here at the White House, a white plane, a very big jet, was flying an unusual pattern uh, near the White House over Lafayette Park very slowly. It made one circle, and then uh, we have not seen it since. Uh, there was a lot of concern about what that plane might be, uh, but again, it's only speculation, but most people say that since uh, flights have been cleared from U.S. airspace and it was a totally white plane, looked unusual to all of us, that it was a government plane of some kind. We should point out that we're looking at pictures, Bob, as you speak, of the World Trade Center because all of the camera crews have been evacuated from the White House as well. When do you expect President Bush to arrive there, Bob? Well, Katie, he's coming back. So it's uh, 9:56. About a two-hour flight. So we're uh, looking at the. You, you can do the math. I, the reason Twin I Towers. Was so surreal was that within a on just TV. About 20 minutes ago, they were still conducting tours. You had hordes of uh, 
tourists and others still in the White House on tour, lining up outside to get in. There seemed to be absolutely no unusual activity outside the White House until word came of the incident at the Pentagon. Then so 957. A dramatic shift here. You know, in terms of responsibility, Tom and, and Matt and Bob, apparently a senior official from the Radical Democratic Front for the Liberation of Palestine denied on Tuesday the group had any connection to the plane crash. An anonymous caller had told uh, television that it was behind the crash, but, quote, I emphasize that the story released on television by an anonymous person is totally incorrect. Tassir Khaled, a senior official from the DFLP Politburo in the Palestinian territories, told Reuters. The DFLP is against hijacking planes and against endangering the lives of civilians who are not connected with the struggle. At this point, of this they're region. scrambling to find out who be a lot of claims and counterclaims and might uh, be responsible. 24 hours or so. This is a, uh, a task for investigators of 958 now determine who did this and how they got away with it. You think about an American Airlines flight. They're still looking at the both twin Boston towers are still up. It was hijacked in midair. They're now citing transmissions from the plane, so they have hard evidence of that. And then brought down here. Uh, the south tower is into the twin trade towers. Did one of burning the more heavily. Control? Did they shoot the pilot? It's uh, it it boggles the mind beyond our ability to and figure out what was going on. You talk early. about transmissions. I was just curious. Have you had any evidence of what? was said during the They're just saying they're citing transmission. And then you go forward to 9.59. You talk about the fact... ...but of course you wonder about all the... ...to about 20 seconds ago, you'll see something dramatic happening, and I don't know whether it's another explosion or a portion of the building falling away, but something major just happened at that building. And that's 9.59, that's the... That's actually the, what happens in the left -hand tower. south tower just absolutely, just totally collapsing. I don't know if this is the correct tape. There, something there is about no. to happen, falling away right there. So at that time, no, then, that south tower collapses. One can only hope that the area has been evacuated. And the area had not been evacuated. So when the south tower collapsed, there were scores of first responders in that building at the time, firefighters, police officers, uh, EMS workers, everybody down below there. Uh, even after some of the individuals had been evacuated, so some of the people in the tower were able to escape, but those People escaped, and then the first responders went in to try to help those who had not escaped. And then the towers collapsed on top of them and killed them. These were first responders, some of them who uh, might have been an hour earlier. Let's see, 851, yeah, an hour earlier. Might have even been at home with the Today Show on. And saw the and saw the airplane uh, for the for the first time. Uh, saw the airplane uh, hit that first building, and and maybe we even weren't even scheduled to work, but were then called in. So some of them uh, watched the original thing hit. Uh, maybe weren't called in. Maybe were maybe at their at their at their firehouse or whatever, and then were called in, uh, went, and then were then summarily. Uh, 
killed in the in the in the in the crush of the of the uh, tower collapsing. And and that's how the, the the morning developed. I'll never forget during that day. First of all, the the fact that there were no airplanes in the sky, which was odd. I mean, normally you don't really notice airplanes in the sky all the time, anyway. But you knew that they weren't uh, flying. But I'll never forget that evening. And I'd be curious this evening because uh, it'll be clear again whether the the moon will look the same. I'm not like I'm not really very studied on on uh, the astronomical the the the, uh, the astronomy or the uh, the way the moon and the stars are every single time around this time. But I'll never forget driving home uh, that evening that, that night um, uh, late at night. It was. You know, after covering it, I had to be back early in the morning the next day, and uh, never forget going now uh, to uh, the highway, looking up at the sky, and that by that time we knew it was then. At that time, we knew it was the the mood. We knew it was radical Islam. We knew it was. Uh, those individuals and then you uh, looking up at the moon and it was like this crescent moon you know the the one you're familiar with but that's that's what it looked like up in the sky and it was so weird to me I, I, I can't imagine that they these individuals timed it to that particular that particular time I, I don't know exactly uh, I still never got to um, I still never got to uh, to understand whether there was any timing to to the actual date or whatever. I don't know whether any of you know more than I do, but I, I still don't know whether there was any link to the date. But I do know that that evening, though, uh, I'll be darned if there wasn't a, a crescent moon up in that sky, man. It was just really eerie. So... We've gone through it this morning. Uh, I've played it for you. We've commemorated, uh, and you've heard the video, you've heard the audio, and uh, and I, I would encourage you to kind of uh, keep keep exploring today if you have time, and and understand uh, why. Uh, sometimes we get a little pissed off when people run down this country and run down our flag and run down our police and run down our firefighters, run down our military and also, and run down our place in the world because, uh, because you should never forget that uh, not only had we, had we sacrificed through decades of, um, of, of responding first responders for the rest of the world, the, 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 in case of fire break glass country, you know, the ones that said in, in case there's an emergency, uh, we're there, right? And uh, and and that's that's something that we should be proud of and never forget that we have played a huge positive role in this world, and uh, we, that we should we should we should be proud of that. And so, given our history and given our lives and you know, and what we've been through and, and, and maybe, you know, somebody who died on nine 11 
as a result of their work. Maybe, maybe, you know, um, now, you, now you know why when, when people take knees to the, uh, to, to our flag that we get a little bit weirded out about it and not too happy about it, that we're, that we're not really, uh, um, we're not, we're not, we're not playing that game with you anymore. And I just want to let you know that that's kind of uh, where we're at. So pardon us if we get a little pissed off when people denigrate our flag and denigrate our country. So never forget, people, and and make sure that if you have any time at all that you are paying attention to uh, this day in history, September 11th, 2001. And you, that tells you everything you need to know about uh, this country, the sacrifices our people have made, and the innocent lives that have been lost to hate. I mean, I'm talking about real hate. Yeah. We're live here from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Can't thank my friends over at Golden Oak Lending enough for their support of the show and free conservative radio. You have credit card debt? Golden Oak Lending has the expertise to show you how to refinance your home and turn its increased value into cash because this economy is going great, right? You pay nothing out of pocket. That's right. You don't know that Golden Oak Lending can save you money, so you don't call. You got to call. I'll give you a free mortgage checkup. They can save you a ton of money. They take all the risk. They can't close your loan. The appraisal is no charge at all. No charge, people. You realize the uh, business journal... Three gigantic refinance companies in this country. Two of them you probably know of, but did you know that Golden Oak Lending is one of the three largest refinancing companies in the country, and it's and it's right in your backyard. And so you're dealing with people who are. Uh, who are familiar with you, your neighborhood, everything else. So if you want to get rid of that double-digit credit interest, they got options for you all on down the line. Mortgage rates are now in the threes, so they're going to save you money. And, and it'll, it costs you nothing to find out if they can save you money, so check it out. And if you're shopping for a home, if you're going through my friend Tracy Ellis and Rick Ellis, tracyellis.com, buy a new home, well, they're going to go ahead and get you pre-approved right over the phone. That means you can go when you were looking for your home, and you can say, I already, I'm ready to go, so the other person doesn't beat you to it. Everything is done in-house, so you get lower rates, the faster closing, everything is done in-house, everything is right, right there, right there for you. They're not going to some out-of-town underwriter or whatever. Everything's right here. 
314-567-GOLD. That's 314-567-GOLD. Golden Oak Lending. Really proud to have them uh, supporting the show. And really proud to have them on board. Golden Oak Lending. 314-567-GOLD. And when you do call them, just let them know that Holman sent you. So check it out. Hey, by the way, I'm not quite sure yet about what my role is going to be on Thursday for the uh, President Trump rally for Josh Hawley down in Cape Girardeau. One thing is for sure, Hawley is definitely sneaking up on Claire McCaskill. There's a late poll out, the morning console poll, showing that Claire McCaskill is the most unpopular senator who's up for re-election. And she's been the most uh, unpopular senator since, for four consecutive months. Oh, he did. Oh, so he did cancel. I thought he canceled only the Mississippi rally, but he canceled the Missouri rally, huh? Okay. Paula, thanks for the thanks for the heads up on that. I did not know that. I, I just got word that he canceled a rally he was supposed to have in Mississippi, but I did I didn't know he canceled the one in 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 Missouri on Thursday. Well, I guess uh I guess uh you know Here's the problem. This, 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 this uh, hurricane. Let me get to clear here real quick, and then I'll get to the hurricane and everything else. Uh, McCaskill, fourth consecutive month ranking as the most unpopular U.S. senator up for re-election. This is the morning console poll. Uh, only thirty-eight percent of Missouri citizens approve of her. Forty-six percent disapprove of her. And 53% generally of Missourians believe it's time for a new Missouri senator. And only 31% believe that she deserves re-election. So the NBC poll shows that the race between her and Hawley right now is at 47%. They're, they're, they're basically uh, tied at 47%. If you're a Democrat incumbent like that, you got to be worried a ton about that. Because uh, basically, uh, you're an incumbent. You, you you ought to have all the power, the biggest war chest, the party behind you. You have uh, Barack Obama, the Dark Lord, making the rounds now. And in case you guys think that somehow I, I, I'm saying it because he's black, it's not, I'm not. It's not a racial comment at all. You know, the, the Dark Lord, that's the one who has that has that. Uh, who's every time they cre- creep around, I guess I could call him the the, the guy with the hood and the. You gotta have a sickle in his one hand and uh, and his and his hood and then his finger pointing out of his uh, out of his sleeve. That's that, that's what that's what that's the image I get when I see President Obama because he's such a bitter, dark angry person and you and, and and he's a frowny uh whiny dude out there now making the rounds there's no way this guy's helping any democrat out there right now unless maybe you're just far to the left in illinois and you're and you're and you're uh you're making your way but man uh 
how how anybody can believe that 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 kind of darkness, that kind of anger, is going to help uh, any Democrat? I, I don't I don't see it. So anyway, President Trump has canceled the rally then in Missouri. Okay, well, there's that. I, and I guess part of it has to do with the fact that if, if the president in any way, shape, or form is uh, is politicking uh, during a storm, he's going to be accused of that, even though there's a lot at stake here, I think. And I think he would but, – but they're not going to give him any kind of um, – they're not going to give him any kind of leeway on this. But apparently – and this is interesting because they they – Oftentimes what's happened is that they they will say that a hurricane is really bad but but they won't um it'll then it suddenly it dissipates uh but but this one apparently is like for real and and I'm talking about just in terms of even uh catastrophic flooding so you have the southeast mid atlantic um and and right now, Hurricane Florence is a Category 4. So the second half of the week, they're expecting all this. Uh, so uh, Carolina or Virginia coasts. And so you're going to get uh, some serious threats to the lives and property of, of Americans. And, and I guess I, so you can hardly blame uh, the president for saying, I'm just going to batten down the hatches here and 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 and, you know, and, and there's a strong possibility, absolutely, he's needed uh, in the wake of this hurricane. Although I, I can't imagine what the what the why why they would cancel a uh, the rally in Missouri. But I don't know. I, I you know the optics. You know, the president's at a rally. All they'll do is troll the guy and say how horrible he is. He doesn't care about Americans and whatever. So the path of Hurricane Florence. Though uh, right now is a Category 4, so they've got it uh, right now uh, way out near Bermuda right now, just underneath Bermuda. And then tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, then Thursday in the morning, it's uh, creeping towards the Carolina coast and Virginia coast there, the, 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 the under part of Virginia. So you've got um, both the Carolinas there who, that, are, that are being affected by that. And then Thursday evening is when it gets when you're going to expect some of the, the the storm surges and those kinds of things and then you've got uh by the time it's supposed to hit land it's supposed to be a category 1 but nonetheless the the effects of the of the surge and the storm surge are going to be pretty pretty bad and and uh and it could actually reach a category 5 uh on its way so we'll see but right now, uh, the, 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 the seas are going to be horrible. And then what happens is ultimately it goes all the way up um, to uh, they go from Daytona Beach to Myrtle Beach to Virginia Beach to Ocean City to Cape Cod and beyond. So this is going to be a mean one. But again, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think the president needs to cancel appearances. I, I, I don't see... How, how that why why that is happening but but he's doing it because he, the the media's because because in the end though in the in the end uh if if it were obama 
do, going to a Democrat rally, he'd be untouchable. They wouldn't go near him. They wouldn't harass him. They wouldn't do anything. But if you're President Trump, you always have to be careful. You always have to have your 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 backup, and you always have to be aware that you know how dare he get out there and stump for a Republican when everybody is uh, underwater in North Carolina. So um, then we get. Uh, the Washington Post editorial that you saw on uh, yesterday. I don't know whether you caught this or not. Uh, and, and that's where these 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 left-wingers and Republicrats like Joe Scarborough are just unhinged. Uh, the Scarborough editorial says that President Trump is a far graver threat to the idea of America than the 9-11 jihadists. I mean, this is a guy, you talk about the uh, the empty soul that is the Republicrat, the never-Trumper, and the Democrat. To make that kind of comparison in a situation like this where you... Uh, where you've made comparisons to President Trump and the 9-11 attackers and say that the that President Trump is more of a threat than the 9-11 attackers on the eve of the commemoration of the attacks of 9-11. I mean, you got to have, you got to be a really uh, dark soul to come to that conclusion. But yeah, Joe Scarborough did. And and he's a Republican, by the way. He's or or or, or uh, you know supposed supposed to be a Republican. By the way, did you see this story? Uh, and and then I'll I'll wrap it up here. But there's a tape that I I would encourage you to look at, and this is a uh, patrol division in L.A. And there are two police officers. Uh, one of them is a member of a gang unit, and they pull over a uh, a guy who's a known gang member. And I'm looking at this tape. I'm not going to play it for you. I think we've had enough of the, uh, you know, the the uh, this, the this disturbing sound because they they popped this guy because he got out of his car, shot one of the police officers, but the other police officer who was on the other end of the car got him. And dropped him, and this recalls to me one of the one of the situations why I think we need to ultimately and hopefully, with a booming economy and with uh, maybe you know even small governments getting a little more uh, money in their coffers as well, with whether it be with uh, sales tax receipts or whatever. I'm hoping they actually get to a point where they hire more police officers so uh, there's no longer a situation where w- only one police officer is making a traffic stop like this or one police officer is responding. I'd love to have a situation where you have uh, two police officers to a car yeah, because, uh, you know, Dan, that's a good idea, though, by the way, man. I guess I, I guess technically I could I could keep the stream on and just loop nine one one calls all day long so you never forget. 
but you could also do that at home and just do do your you look it up, look it up on YouTube. But anyway, uh, th- this situation because because had this w- one officer not been uh, had been alone, she'd be dead. So I'm lo- I'm looking at this video. I'm looking at what happened here and and how this whole thing went down. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know. Um, She walks up to the car, but her on the other side is her partner walking up. And I'll, I'll play it for you anyway. She's these are brave people here. How you doing? Good. Okay. Haven't seen you in a while. Stop. She's a, she's a, she's a member of the gang unit too, so she's she knows who this guy is, and that's why she says I haven't seen you in a while. Okay. You know? Nine one one, ma'am. What? Nine one one, just discharged? Oh, nine more months. Oh, nine more months. Nine more months on probation. You don't have anything on you, right? And it turns out he had a gun. And he gets out of the car and shoots her, but her partner reaches over and shoots him, reaches through a window, shoots him there, and then puts one in him while he's on the ground as he's walking around to help her who's been shot in the leg. And first of all, it's not only a, a very satisfying tape to watch because it's a story of a police officer and, and, and her survival and what it's like to be on the street and deal with thugs like this Mendoza character. But it also uh, reinforces the idea that we ought to have uh, two police officers to every car. I don't – I just uh, – that's one of the reasons why we're seeing police officers killed and injured and maimed at this level uh, because they're alone. One guy. And by the way, I'm going to make sure I I promote, I don't know whether you guys know the uh, Hot Dogs for Heroes event coming on the 22nd of September. I put that up on the Facebook page. I'll put it up again. That's for Officer Flamian and the Arnold police officer who was injured as well. And so hopefully you guys are going to be able to, uh, uh, because the recovery's been slow for these guys, but they're alone. And, you know, I I wish we had a situation where uh, we were able to put police officers uh, two to a car so that this is, because this would never happen. No officer would be killed if there were just, if there were two of them to a car. That's all. My two cents. I'm no law enforcement expert, but I'm just, uh, just telling you. All right, folks. Uh, wow. It's been kind of a, a draining morning, I know, because of the commemoration of, and, and remembering of 9-11. Uh, but um, I'm beat. But hopefully you all will double back and hug your families, hug Hug your fellow Americans and remember what happened today. September 11th, 2001. RadioFreeAlmond.com. Thank you again to all of my sponsors, Santino Cigars and Cocktails. See you on the 27th there for the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour. Golden Oak Lending. Thank you very much, too, you guys. Really proud to have you on board. Don't forget to hit them up there at 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. For insurance, my guy, Matthew Mitchell, 855-QUOTE-ME. 
low premiums and low deductibles. Don't forget, too, about Michael Proctor. He's the brand newest on board. Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Thank you also to Deputy Wellness. Dr. Deputy, you're awesome. Thank you, brother. DeputyWellness.com is the website. Getting to the core of the problem instead of band-aiding it. That's the whole idea, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it works. PTSD, ADD, ADHD, migraine headaches, stomach pain. He's even got a weight loss program for you if you need that. That's holistic as well. By the way, you guys are wondering, some of you are wondering, like, what happened, what happened to Mattress King? Actually, this was a uh, side job for Chris, and he just closed the business down because it was uh, <laughs> like, yeah, great job, Allman. No, I just, no, he, he just, it just got, became, became too exhausting for him to manage his one business and then. Uh, do this one too, so that's the only reason why Mattress King is not running around with the Radio Free Almond crowd anymore. So, and thank you, Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com. Make sure you guys uh, hit me up if you need to. If you're buying a home, buying a business. Can always reach me. 314-309-0704. I'll put you directly in touch. Put you directly in touch with my man and lady, Rick and Tracy. And they'll handle your home and your business personally. But you got to use me to get to them. 314-309-0704. And by the way, one more thing. NHQ.rocks. Ricky's about to pull the trigger on another sponsorship of the show. So Nutrition HQ right there at McKnight in Manchester in Rock Hill. NHQ.rocks. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.